Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Coolman, and I'm with Corey, and this is our podcast. I believe it's episode three, but we want to do something new with this one. I um, am here, by the way. Yeah, this is Corey. Yeah, this is Corey. He's he's here. I'm not just... Like, have you tied up in the corner of a room? Just a bound, doll in this Yeah, and bound and gagged. Get a mirror on the face of you. Know, I'm talking to someone. Just wait your turn, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You get my own introduction. We, we want to do something new with this one. Um, Corey and I just love movies, and we want to do any excuse to watch movies and think about them and then talk about them. In I don't a, like talking about them so much, but I'm okay. forcing myself to do it. Because I think it, uh, it's uh, constructive. It enables myself to kind of have, you know, like the third eye. That we, we dubbed it, quote, talk the about third that. eye. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Where we watched a certain amount of movies we got to a certain age we got to a certain you know mental capacity to watch movies and see things that we weren't seeing or that were just plain not it's almost able like a, to see it a further analysis of movies beyond i mean we we know you, you go to movies you know you like them oh i like movies but and then you sit down and actually look at them and you're like i'm catching stuff that you're looking around i'm catching stuff that nobody else is catching like does nobody else see how great this is right. like or we'll have a movie that's like dude that broke my brain and all the reviews are kind of like, oh, it wasn't that great. Or people you talk to are like, oh, I wasn't interested in that. Or, yeah. yeah, I didn't like that. And then, but the two of us will be like, no, it was great because of dot, 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 dot. And once you start to flesh out why those things, um, you get what we've dubbed the third eye, I the, guess. Yeah, the, the, the third eye, the movie the eye. Cinema, yeah, yeah. So you're able to, you know, touch on cinematography, directors that you like, and why, you know, what deliberate th- things that they do that you enjoy. I mean, all the different facets of that, which I'm sure we'll yeah. <clears throat> continue to learn as we do this podcast and continue to watch movies for the rest yes. of our adult life. This, the episode today is about breaking down a movie we watched last night. It was Constantine. Well, we didn't watch it for the first time last night. That's true. So we probably, I probably saw it a year after it came out. Okay. How old do you Soon think you were? after that. 16 or 17. 16 or 17, you watched I this probably movie? Watched, I probably watched... Someone probably rented it. i probably seen it. But I remember seeing it back in the day. And then I watched it again. I watched it again probably within the last three or four, five years. Okay. I think since I've been down here to Florida. So I think the two of us have watched it before then. And then, yes, we watched it last I've night. I've seen it one time, and then I watched it again last night. So you'd only seen it the first time? Yeah. Are you sure? I feel like the last time that we watched it couple years ago you're like oh yeah i remember this movie is so good and then you rewatched it maybe again, you're it like, is my third oh my time. god it opened up my pores <laughs> my brain pores <laughs> yeah i mean all right maybe maybe this is my third time viewing it yeah i'm not sure but i i loved it even more than the first time i'd watched it i i think before coming into it i was like this is a four out of five movie and i don't know why i thought that i just kind of have hazy memories of it i remember like the imagery and the acting and thought it was cool story and then i watched it last night and really analyzing it writing down notes and just being real present with the movie it's i would give it a five out of five right now um and that's the way i generally tend to rate movies is on a a zero through five scale really one through five and fives i i dish them out i mean if i like movies you get a five like if really like them if yeah. they're a good movie, you get a four out of right. five. But I don't mind being pretty generous with, like, okay, fives that came out this year is, like, The Joker. Um, what other movies came out that were good that we've talked about? Um, this year? Yeah, or this year, last year. Like, 
The Martian probably gets a five. The Revenant. Um, Those are all 2015 movies. Sure. It, just I'm talking recent movies. <laughs> okay, okay. Just you know, om- tons of tons of them. Yeah. Um, your rating system is a little bit different. Yeah, I like to go one through ten. It gives me a little bit more uh, exactness in my rating. Okay. So I can give you you know three and a half stars or five and a half stars, and I still have plenty of room to like grow because there for me there's just so many movies that <clears throat> i think they're going to be a bunch of zeros and a yeah. bunch of ones and a bunch of threes and they're going to be a bunch of fours and a bunch of fives and so i need another kind of a, a, an elongated scale in order to encompass you know how finely of a movie i'm, I'm going to read what's the difference between like a six and a seven movie that that's what i always have troubles with if i do my scale on a ten <clears throat> Sure, a six would be slightly above average, and a seven is they did the next something. Tier. Yeah, they just did something better than than that. Okay, now, cool. I wouldn't say there's a huge, you know, difference, but you know, there's definitely going to be a difference between what I rate a six and what I rate a seven and a half or a seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you give Constantine, two thousand five? Yesterday's movie, I would give it uh, a solid nine. Oh wow! Yeah, that's higher than I expected yeah. from just sitting next to you. You and I intentionally Observing did not me watching the movie. Yeah, yeah just yeah. a little bit. I was just yeah. getting your energy. Oh, because you watched a little bit previously. Yes. And you just dabbled on it, and then you kind of like wrote some notes, and I think we were chatting about it or, or prepping for this podcast, and you started like spewing out stuff. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I don't want any spoilers. I don't want your experience. Save it for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. I didn't want your. Um, how do I want to word that? Like experience rewatching it and the notes and the kind of like. Um, the kind of what's the word I want here? Like my my analysis or yeah, my your viewpoint, analysis. exactly my worldview on it. I didn't want your analysis to kind of like influence. Oh, sure, because I saw that scene. Yeah, now I see that type of thing. But interestingly enough, you you mentioned something and I I didn't remember it watching the movie. So I'm okay. I'm good. Glad. So should we should we, we get into it? Could have talked we, about. We've it. talked about our rating. Yeah. What system? was the first thing that you talked about? Um, um, that you brought up before we watched the movie yesterday. It's like the opening scene. Yeah, it was the opening scene. Um, I just love the way they introduce a character. So we'll we'll just start on the movie. I mean, everyone. Sure, let's give it a little bit of introduction. Do you want the uh, little bit of the introduction before I start? Because I will get to your to what you just yeah, asked yeah. about. Um, but uh, we chose Constantine because it's a movie from a while ago. I mean, it came out fourteen years ago. Yeah. How crazy is that? Um, Two thousand five. Two thousand five. In case you're listening, yes. In ten years. Yeah, because everyone's gonna go back yeah, and yeah. listen to this. And <laughs> Well, the first episode. Whoa. This is when it all started. <laughs> um, and we just chose this movie because it, it it's like a good action movie. And it's got Keanu Reeves. And I don't think people have seen it. Like, anybody listening to a podcast in 2019 may have remembered that movie but haven't seen it or they never saw it. In which case, we're going back and doing a retrospective on it on what made it so good or um is that a good explanation for yeah well it hit me was you said uh an action movie i wouldn't i would change that yeah i wouldn't call it an action movie is that what it has it um that's is that what its genre is on like if you google it and you're like oh what type of movie is this or if you go to netflix and it was under a genre pick or a, a genre category would action be what constantine was under 
It is known as a drama fantasy. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Because I thought that a lot of the scenes were a lot slower, and then all of a sudden you have this fantastical, oh, he's in hell, or, you know, here's a demon, or blah, blah, blah. It's like, jump scare you. I, multiple times I wrote, wrote down, it's like, oh, yeah, they like to, like, just... Shocking imagery. Uh, I wouldn't say shock... Maybe shocking to, like, an average viewer, but I'm kind of, like, a little dull... Yeah. All right. I can appreciate when it's supposed to be shocking, but you're I'm not, not going to get shocked. You're not scared by stuff. Yeah, 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 you're just yeah. like, okay, yeah. Um, specifically, like, when, like, in the middle of the movie, almost, they're, like, he, like, uses the 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 burning sash around his hand to, like, scare away those things in the street, and it's, like, a real slow scene, and it's getting down, and the frame comes close to their face, and then you get the fucking bus driving by. <laughs> Burn! Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, well. He's done that a couple times, and I, I'm starting to, like, like it, or not not anticipate it, because you definitely don't anticipate it. You're like, you, you never know when the scene is going to end, and that's his transition. But uh, I remember that from the first time I watched the movie. I was like, you kind of, like, sit back in your seat when the bus drives by. You're it's like, kind of, oh, bring me back to reality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's jolting. Right. So it's not shocking, it's right, jolting. Right. Yeah. Um, it, more intro on the movie, just, it, it's... Uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, who's the chick? Uh, Rachel White? White? Wise? Rachel Wise. And then a few other... W-E-I-S-Z. Not sure how to pronounce. Interesting. Yeah. Rachel Weiss. And then what do you know about the character John Constantine? Um, as far as, like, his actual, like, lore in life? Yeah. Not much, actually. I, I knew somewhat. The first time I viewed it, when I was... 14 or whatever watched the movie not viewed it i didn't know anything about constantine he's a comic book character from like i want to say dc vertigo comics maybe like no it, it it's like the same ones as sandman um those vertigo yeah it says uh, vertigo i might have the details wrong but the point is he was a comic book character that did a, a couple of short detective uh they were almost like noir detective um, stories where the character was kind of like a chain smoker. He was blonde. He kind of was in the streets of New York or L.A. or whatever, and he would hunt demons, and um, he was very conflicted, and they, they portrayed a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. But um, so he's he's teamed up with the Sandman before, because Sandman is a character by Neil Gaiman that... Um, who was a famous series that I've read and I love it and I own all the works and it's just cool artwork and it's it's very dark and he comes from that kind of universe. Um, I'm not sure who wrote John Constantine, um, but some comic book artist okay. um, made it, you know. Um, and so that's the background of that. And I, I can't believe they made a movie about it. I think Sin City was around that time, which is based on a graphic novel. Right. Um, Maybe that's where they got their inspiration. Maybe for for that, it's like, oh, you know, look how well look how well an adaptation was made of another comic book type movie of Sin City. Let's try Constantine. I mean, this is before like Iron Man. Sure, yeah, yeah. this is before all right comic maybe book adaptations. Hulk. Uh, maybe Hulk was a little bit later. Maybe they might have had like a Hulk version out. There was Hulk with Edward Norton. No. You know, and I'm saying, like, first, but that's still, like, first for our generation, because there's yeah. been plenty of comic book movies made before then that, you yeah. know, didn't have the... Surprisingly, I wrote also in here, uh, the CGI held up 
the CGI it's did hold up. Well. Yeah, I I wrote down that too. Yeah. The special effects were good in this movie. Right, right. Which, they were so like sudden and like on the screen for such a short amount of time that you kind of you didn't you didn't get to really like analyze it. Like you didn't get that cheese factor. Like yeah. oh, this is cheesy. Yeah, and yeah. They, oh, they, let me slowly snake this thing through here or whatever. What we looked up real quick and it was like World of Worlds was at the same time. Yeah, two thousand five. Let's, let's talk about other movies that came out in two thousand. Yeah, I think I saw War of the Worlds there, and I think uh, that held up pretty so well. So, King too. Kong. Yeah, that's going to do just fine now. Batman Begins. The hair on King Kong might not do so well. Okay. On our high, and that was first high King definition. Kong. Yeah, it's high definition TVs. Sin City came out. Yeah. Star Wars Episode Three: Re- Revenge of the Sith. Sith. Yeah, that's a prime, a prime uh, example of good CGI. So is Harry Potter 4, I see there on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Of I don't see any of the those other movies there listed. Don't really have Madagascar seen. as an animated film, just to give. Oh, just to give context uh, of right. Yeah, that looks, what else was coming in yeah. at that time? Fantastic Four, the original one. Mister and Mrs. Smith. Where we have Iron Man as the full the torch. The yeah. human torch. <laughs> no, not Iron Man. Uh, Captain America. Captain America. That's, yeah, I thought that's why I said. What's his name again? Chris Evans. Evans. We forgot that. Throwback. <laughs> we never forget another actor's <laughs> name. Not. Um, and then Keanu Reeves looks exactly the same. Yeah. That man does not age. He does not age. I hope, you know, there's, I a, hope. there's a conspiracy theory uh, that they have a picture from someone in France in like the 1800s, and then they have another picture of another person that looks like Keanu Reeves in like the 1900s, and then they have another picture, and then they have Keanu Reeves, and he looks the exact same. They're like, he never ages. He's just some... <laughs> <laughs> he's a god himself just traveling this world yeah but it's totally ruined because they have pictures of keanu like as a young man oh, like a yeah, kid yeah. it's like oh, okay well <laughs> or he do was that. a baby yeah or do that Dude, those are fake those are fake our conspiracy i love keanu reeves i love that he's it's almost like a renaissance of keanu reeves with all this john wick stuff because dude that guy got big he was big before the matrix like somewhat but the matrix blew him up yeah and i heard somewhere that i read this online that he took a cut from the Matrix that, like, I don't know if it was royalties or he just, instead of just getting a, a blank, he got a cut of all the, the revenues of the movies. And then he did Matrix 2 and 3, which were smash hit successes. So he's, like, set for life. And every movie he's doing since then is only projects that he wants to do. And it's definitely showing that he's got Constantine 2005. At this point, Matrix is already shot and finished. Right. John Wick. Um, shot and finished six years, right? 99 is the Matrix. 99 was the Matrix when it was released. And then 2 and 3 came out in like 2002 and 2004 or something like that. All the Gen Z people listening to us right now are 99. That's like, oh my Dude, we're, God. That's so long ago. How am I supposed to watch anything back then? We are what we are. If you haven't seen the Netflix, I mean, if you haven't seen the Matrix, turn this yeah. off. Turn this off. Go watch the Matrix. Go watch the Matrix. Yeah, don't listen to us. You you gotta gra- you gotta get tears to watch us. <laughs> oh, would you suggest if there was an excerpt? You know, some podcasts, a hosting sites will put an excerpt. You know, thirty seconds. Our excerpt right now starts right now. Would you recommend that the people before they listen to this or after they listen to this watch the movie? I would say that you can listen to us without watching the movie. You should. You probably should be familiar with the movie, 
like, oh, I, I know about that or that came out in the theaters? Spark, spark notes, that bitch. Okay, spark notes. All right, <laughs> let me let me retry with the 30 second. You do not have to watch the movie before you listen to this podcast, but it's recommended to do so. Okay. All right. I almost would more than recommend, like, go watch the movie because we're about to spoil a lot of shit for you. That's so. true. We're going to spoil everything. Yeah. So it's like, it's not even worth watching it after unless you're already interested. Right. In which case, you should pause this, go watch it, then yeah. come back. I'd say majority of the people that, well, maybe not. I, I don't want to draw that conclusion of like oh most people would see it if they're listening to us but that's probably not true like I we, wouldn't say, that's the hope right like yeah. the hope is you've seen this before years ago you you're listening to us now really break it down and analyze certain scenes it makes you want to go back and watch it and along watch with it. us yeah yeah we'll throw that timer up on the screen like joe said <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe um any other introduction that you want to say about it no i think we covered the scope of like when the movie came out Keanu Reeves. We should mention um, that this is the director's first, it's his debut di- uh, directorial that's true. movie. What's the director's name? The director's <laughs> name? <laughs> Francis Lawrence. Francis Lawrence. Frank Lawrence. Frank Lawrence. <laughs> good movie, Frankie. <laughs> Real good movie. <laughs> and since then, he's directed Red Sparrow he did all the Mockingjay titles. Mockingjay? Yeah. So everything after... I guess he did Mockingjay and... What was the last one? Mockingjay is part one and two. I, I just that. didn't see those. Yeah. Mockingjay part one, part two, right. part three. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. With Jennifer Lawrence and stuff. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Um. Oh, I Am Legend. We can't... He directed oh, that. Right. Which is, like, also a really good movie. Right. Very similar, I'd say. Like, he doesn't meet very many characters. Yeah. He has that jump scare factor of, like, oh, tension, tension. And then you got the bombs going off in the city. And. Spoiler alert. His dog dies. Ugh. Hate it when the dogs die. Hate it. You always get the. Makes emails. for good movies, though. <laughs> John Wick, dude. It's a whole. It's, it's a whole three There's movies. There's a proof that you can do. Yeah. Dogs and movie equals good movie is it true that john wick has the most on-screen kills of any movie character i believe so yes i believe i read that he beat rambo yeah yeah. who do you think second with john wick 3 i think he beat john wick 3 like took it way over the edge Uh, i think i don't think it was way over the edge but that did nudge him over to be the top Uh, it's probably rambo okay it's probably who else would be killing a lot of people on screen who else is killing so many people over that many movies would it be terminator no, he didn't really... He was He's, killing robots. He yeah. Unless you count his off-screen kills. Rambo's got to be up there. On-screen kills, right? That's like... The, That's the thing. Yeah. The Bourne Born, Maybe. Jason Bourne. There's probably an obvious one that we're just like, eh. duh. Yeah. Blade. Blade. I watched Blade for the first time. That's another 90s action movie that just help hold out or I mean, it's a little cheesy in places but it holds up but i don't want to get off topic um let's let's get right down to it so okay. the opening scene um you know the, the opening opening scene is do we need an intro for this for this part down to text <laughs> thanks cory that's my signature we're, sound we're, we're too cheap to afford a soundboard so we just <laughs> spit on the mic making noises dude, i spent hours practicing that horn you know okay uh thanks and i feel so much more transitioned to this 
<laughs> this section of the thing. More it, like I made you lose your train of thought. Probably. Yeah, they got it. They got an uh, an opening intro that is like they're finding the spear of destiny, which is a. Uh, which you don't know what it is. They don't yeah. tell you that's the spear of destiny. There's no. There's no words. There's no words. Yeah. In that opening, what it's like forty five seconds. Sure. Yeah. Um. I I I also noticed like before I, as soon as I sat down we have press play and you still have the Warner Brothers and the 20th Century Fox and that how they transition from showing who's producing and, and the top who funded yeah, this movie intro credits yeah, yeah and then they like made it disappear with or they made it um, waste away like it was part of hell I always appreciate that in movies. okay it's, like, it's a really good transition of like hey this isn't just gonna be a generic 20th Century Fox presentation of their logo and their intro and then, we're gonna and then, tear it apart and transition into our movie. I always like that. Okay, movies. interesting. You yeah. felt like you were drawn, like a transition from okay, we got the business stuff at the beginning of the movie right. into let's get into this movie yeah. world. So the normal style, obviously, is like doing all the intros. Like here's 20th Century. Here's here's who produced Lions, it. Lionsgate or whatever. Yeah, you know, directed. I mean, they'll have like the words. Uh, they'll do the exact same thing into words for the production. And I'll be like. Lionsgate Studios and associated with blah 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 blah, and it's still a black screen, black screen, black screen, words, words, and then eventually we start music and and the then they start up. they start the movie with an, a, a sky of the cloud and yeah, they and they go down to the house and then the guy's getting out of his house, he's getting into the car and music starts playing <laughs> real slow. It's real slow. you're not transition yeah. like I mean I guess that's a start. This that's that's a style, and I appreciate the style of someone who's going to be like, all right, we're getting in this movie right now. Yes. But yeah, here we go. So strap in. And that's kind of like what the movie does to you. It's like, hey, strap in because you're going to be in for a ride. Like, don't get too close to the screen because I'm going to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, so, yeah. And you don't find that out until probably a couple minutes in. And we have this opening scene where uh, these two guys are in Mexico digging near a church or a ban- mm-hmm. church, and they find the Spear of Destiny, and then the... I wonder what you- they were looking for. Who knows? Just... What, what would you be looking for, like, in an abandoned church? Instead of like being with your family Money and, or, and farming or something, yeah, or like working, yeah, or like begging or you know, making yeah. tostadas on the street, or, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, why are you like digging around in the dirt and then he like steps through the ground and like, oh, I found the spear. Yeah, and it's a a blade and it's got like, I don't it's know a, if it, it's a spear tip. So you would put that whole thing on the end of the spear yeah. and you wrap it up. And weird stuff starts starts happening. He, he ends up like killing his friend. Hey, it looks like I I thought he just looked possessed. Yeah, like as he, soon as he touched it, he like got that possessed look on his face, like dead face. Your eyes changed; his eyes changed color. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that a little. And bit. then a really cool little shot of him walking through a field and all the cows. Oh, that was later. That was later. Okay. That really cool shot was him walking into the street. Oh yeah, and, and then typical or it sets the pace for the rest of the movie is like this loud horn, yeah. and this car <laughs> crashes right crashes in. right into him. But the guy doesn't move, yeah. and the car gets smashed all around him, and then it's just, it was like, oh, this guy's invincible now. A little quick, though. I don't think that was accurate to, like, physics. If if you, you know, hypothetically, okay. if you're a god... What do you know? Do you tell me about physics, god. Corey? <laughs> Sit down and give me a lesson. Physics, <laughs> Corey. <laughs> How would it work? Uh, if... You were a god, and you were like so heavy because that's what it—that's what it kind of portrayed to me. It's like you're so heavy, you like have your own gravitational pull that this car is gonna, you know, slam into you like it would a tree. Yeah. But his torso ended up on top of the hood, like he was bent over. Yeah. It's like, wait. If inertia was gonna affect his 
top of his torso to slam him into the car why you know what what about his feet why his feet still touching the ground and like it's not you, you know he doesn't have sticky feet or you know yeah uh, i kind of love uh, you know i kind of like question like even if he's head. like invincible and immovable he'll be moved like a little bit just yeah. by the the right. mass and the going so him fast. a little bit but he's still going to be standing up straight kind of like looking at the car and that kind of like i'm a person and you're an ant why are you touching me like but I don't think he would have slammed into that. But I think that aided into the transition of that is like his friend gets up from where he is. He's like, oh, my friend just died. Let me go look at this car. And then you have the scene of slowly panning over the guy who got hit by the car. And then he stands up joltingly. Yeah. You get that shock value again. And he like jumps out and runs away. And you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm interested. Yeah, Let's that's crazy. he's got. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, like, the first minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the introduction of the character. Well, you know, then there's a small scene where it's in Los Angeles. And, um, uh, like, a lady walks in with a tray of, like, food or something to her daughter's room. And um, she sees her daughter, like, the door, like, it kind of, the camera goes around the door a little bit. You get to peer in. And it's a demon girl, and she's on the corner of the top left of the of the of the room, and she's like, ah, like looking down at the mom, like, "Ay, Dios mío!" Oh yeah. oh yeah, you get some real like, um, like exorcism of Emily yeah. Rose type thing right away. You're oh, like, they're they're telling you oh, what yeah. kind of movie like this is. And gonna the be... camera angle is like just peeks you. It just peeks you past yeah. the edge of the door, so you can see, and you're like looking for a you know someone who's actually gonna eat food. On someone the in bed level. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's a person yeah. in, the, in the top of the ceiling on the roof. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And so chills. they call a priest. And the priest is this uh, kind of like large guy who's an alcoholic. You learn later on. And he, he's like, he you, calls up John. He's an alcoholic? Yeah. Why would you call him an alcoholic? Because he was an alcoholic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a part that, later on in the movie. That's why he died, because he was an alcoholic? Well, I guess that he was... A curse they I remember gave him. him trying to take a drink, and I thought it was like holy water or something medicinal or whole, whole quote holy, so that he could survive touching the body. You know what I mean? No, then, that that you're talking about. So this this character was an alcoholic. He and and he was a, a drinker, and then because he, he wanted to calm the thoughts in his head because he could see demons and stuff. He can and, hear stuff, right? That's yeah. Why so he can, like spread his hand over newspapers and hear stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the voices in his okay. head, and. Uh, I don't know who, if it was like Satan or something, like takes away his ability to drink, and so he's just cursed with that. Uh, it was Balthazar. Balthazar, Balthazar which is a away, badass character. Yeah, takes away his ability to drink. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting, like, yes. what a weird, what an odd way to, to die. Is it... No, he killed himself because of it. Because the voice is in his head. He So he overdosed? He was trying to calm the voices in his head. This is like later on. We're, we'll get back yeah, yeah. to... But um, he was trying to calm the voices in his head and he got cursed. And so he's trying to drink to drown out the voices. He can't drink and then he like stabs himself and That's kills himself. That's not how he died though. He died because all the moisture was coming out of his body. Okay. Maybe I'm, I viewed it incorrectly. Because the yeah. doctor or the detective when they show up on the scene is like he died of alcohol poisoning. He drowned himself. But in the scene, you see him unable to consume yeah. any liquids whatsoever. Or maybe it was just alcohol. I don't know why he didn't try water or whatever. And then as he's dying, you see him, all the liquid leaving his, his body through his mouth. Okay. I felt right. like he was like, he cursed him in a way that made him lose, <clears throat> I don't know. 
Or maybe maybe he was disillusioned into thinking that he couldn't drink, but he was actually Maybe drinking. he was, yeah. Yeah. And, his mind, and he was crazy enough yeah, that he yeah. you don't know. Right. <clears throat> and there's <clears throat> whatever curse or whatever like thing happened that Balthazar did to him that he couldn't recognize it. There's actually something going in your body and then he over- overdosed or whatever. Sure. Sure. And yeah, that's Anyway, part so of what this, it, this priest is the first person that we see come down. What did he just like come down the stairs and talk to John? He calls John Wick, and so John Wick shows up in a taxi cab, driven uh, by driven by Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> dab on him, Corey. <laughs> What's that? What's that music video you just watched recently? Which Shia one? LaBeouf? Da 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 da. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, yeah, it's like it was an orchestra and a choir and thing. I forget what it, it was. Like some a satire. bunch of people that made a made a video about an orchestra and the guy that they were singing about Shia LaBeouf and it was just funny because he's like a meme character now. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, funny. 4chan like hates Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, like, a lot of people hate Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, so Shia LaBeouf had this protest against Trump and he said every day for the Trump presidency, uh, we're gonna have like a sign up and we're gonna say he will not divide us, he will not divide us. And they had it in the in the museum of like in New York or something, museum of fine arts or something like that. And 4chan would go there and because anybody could uh, show up in front of this camera and like say it. And it was supposed to be for every single day, twenty four hours. We're going to protest. And 4chan shows up. They start saying like racist stuff. And like so they, they have masks. They drink milk. They have Pepe the Frog. Like they're just jokesters, right? Like they don't. <laughs> they're just saying the opposite of what Shia LaBeouf wants. And so Shia LaBeouf has to cancel it. And he takes it out in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. Shia LaBeouf puts a live stream on, on his own dime, I want to say. I'm getting the details wrong, but whatever. In the middle of a field, and for like a month it goes by, right? And then the 4chan's trying to get to the middle of the field to tear down this flag or whatever that says we will, he will not divide us. And a plane Honestly, goes Shia by. Shia LaBeouf is not no, he's on not. site. No. So this is just a live stream of a, of a picture. In the yeah, okay. as a protest, because okay. he wants to keep his project alive against right. protests against right. Donald Trump right. until he's out but of the also presidency. also protest against 4chan, who's protesting him. Protesting not necessarily him. protest against 4chan, but 4chan likes to go, shut We're up. Yeah, troll this Yeah, shit they're trolls. You. Yeah, yeah. And so this was in the middle of nowhere, live stream. A plane goes by overhead, and based on the direction and the time of day that the plane went, people on the internet... Deciphered. They could decipher exactly where it was, but it gets even more in-depth. Um... They started, a guy started honking his horn while driving around the area until, and he's reading the chat on his phone, and then until they could hear in the, in the live stream video that he's honking, and they're like, oh, we can hear you, we can hear you. That guy gets out of his car and walks around, finds the flag, writes down the coordinates, posts it online, people flock to it, they put racist stuff on there, they, like, not, like, bad racist stuff, like, they're, I don't think they're being serious, they take the flag away, and they're, like... They put in a Pepe the Frog, and they put a, like, Make America Great hat on it, and they just troll him. And then, and they hate Shadow Shad- oh, And so you had to take it down again. That's hilarious. Yeah. Did he do it? Did he, like, try to start it? Yeah, he did it again in London. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's... I heard this all on a podcast that was, um, it was Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, who's a comedian. Uh, he played a Radiolab podcast on his podcast, because Radiolab had to take this down, because, um, I don't know why they had to take, like... Uh, 4chan or protested or it's they're enabling white nationalists or some bullshit and but this information was a good story and it shows the power of the internet and trolls online and okay I don't know if that aside was worth it but it was interesting to me isn't that a fascinating story (laughs) that is a fascinating I had no idea I'd never heard that before I knew people didn't like Shia LaBeouf 
and I I didn't understand. He's a meme. Why, I didn't understand why, but yeah, whatever. So Shia LaBeouf's in this movie. He yeah. plays the he plays the apprentice. The um, his name is Chaz. He's also the taxi driver. The ta- the taxi driver. It's not his car. I don't know how that works. I don't. That must be a a reference to comic books. And okay. just to be clear, I I don't think I've ever sat and read a I John think. Constantine comic yeah. book, but I know he's a character in Sandman, and I've read all of Sandman. Okay. So that's just my connection yeah. with. Every every time someone reminds me that Constantine is a fictional, you know, well, obviously it's fictional, but um, <clears throat> that comic he like ha- comes from like the comic book era, I never remember that. And then you'll say it and be like, I I do remember saying that, but it's not something that I he was never a huge character. Lodge away, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but like heavy smoker in the in the comics, and yep. he shows up, and the opening scene is he gets out of the taxi cab, chain smoke. I mean he. Flicks a cigarette, lights up another one, and he walks into the to the room, gets some details about like what's going on with the exorcism or what he's gonna need to do an exorcism priest on this call. And the priest then you know tells him something for and right away I could tell the priest was like freaked out. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm, you know, you, this is not your everyday grandma's paranoid about the granddaughter. You need to exercise her or whatever. Is that how you say that? Exercise. Exer- exercise. Yeah, exorcism, exercise, exorcise. You guys, Ex- you guys, exercise, exorcise, exorcise, exorcise. <laughs> you can edit that shit out. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you gotta listen to it. Uh, and, so he, what? He goes upstairs right away. He's like, "I got this." I wrote down that he was. Um, Keanu is confident. Yes, and maybe overly so. Yeah. Question mark. That was. Uh, maybe that was like post after he does what he's about to do. <laughs> so he goes out to this he's room. He's macho. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, I he's a quiet, introverted sort yeah, of guy. So macho is a word that I would use for someone who is overly testosterone. That's that's the word that I associate macho with. So I I don't. Keanu's still a regular guy. He doesn't look like John yeah. Wick yet. He's a thin guy. Yeah, yeah, thin guy. He's a smoker, obviously, and um. Yeah, he just kind of has that I don't give a fuck attitude on his face, how he walks, what in his mannerisms, and you see that through the next five minutes of the scene. Which he is he takes doing. control. Yeah. I mean, he walks into the room and says, "This needs. I need yeah. this. I need authority." Yeah, yeah. This is my job. This is what I'm doing. Um, and no one questions him at all. No. Yeah, he gives no. off that that confidence too. Yeah, but not not cocky. Well, maybe he was a little cocky in the first one. In the opening scene, yeah, he's a little the, confident. In the first exorcism. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's like talking to the demon, he calls it an asshole, like, I'm John Constantine asshole. <laughs> and he punches it and punches it in its throat. In its throat. Uh one thing to note is that he had a, a lit cigarette and he puts it down on the counter and the camera is a close close up of that. I, I lied, I lied. I I, you do remember I that. did remember watching it. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm and so we'll see that cigarette we again. St- and so he's about to start the exorcism, and the lit cigarette kind of shows us that this, this is the beginning, and that probably by the end of it, I, I can already imagine that he's going to go to the counter, pick it up, and then take a drag. Like, that's that's going to be how this scene ends, right? Um, turns out they subvert our expectations on that, and it totally is not what happens, but they set it up perfectly. Um, he shows up with the demon, and, like, I just love that he takes one look and kind of like stands over her and like just kind of like it's not like mounts her but he just like he's standing over her on top of a bed 
She's he, tied down. She he ties her. Yeah, she she gets tied down because he tells people, "Go, I need rope. I need a mirror. I need this." No, she was already tied down because I think that's what what's his name did. Okay, the priest. The priest. Maybe off screen. Do we know his name? I, I don't I remember don't it. I, wrote down I don't name. think it's relevant. I know I know uh, Kiana's name is John, and Shia LaBeouf's name is Chaz. Angela's the chick. Balthazar. But I didn't remember the priest's name. I just I kept writing his name as the piece the priest. Yeah. He was kind of a minor character. Priest has an odd and brutal end. Yeah. <laughs> that was that's that's odd. a good note. <laughs> <laughs> really good as far as conversation with that one. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, um, you want to you want to what was your impression of the opening scene like with the the lit cigarette and then <clears throat> he kind of like does some stuff trying to exercise her it doesn't work or no it gets kind of quiet and we, then, we have that, another close-up is that when you saw he was gonna go grab the cigarette yeah the close-up of the cigarette happens again it's burnt a little bit more mm-hmm. and then it goes back to the demon and then the demon kind of like there's a jump scare right and at that point i was like yeah, oh it's real got- close right he like puts his ear over the demon's mouth i was like dude what are you doing like you must think he's gone i i I don't know if it's because I had already seen the movie and I might have subconsciously remembered what was going to happen, but every time that is, every time someone does that in a movie, it's like, oh, something's really dangerous, and this person's going to get real close to their face. I'm like, you're, you're dead, dummy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're, you're going to get injured somehow. Something's it's like in a happen. horror movie. It's like, don't go in the barn. <laughs> yeah, like, don't, yeah, just yeah, stay yeah. away. Stay with the group. Die together. <laughs> don't it's put better your than face... dying alone. Yeah, yeah. And he, he eventually exercises the demon by, like, bringing a big mirror in. I thought that was scene was Th- cool. That was, was awesome. That's when he tells everyone in the room, like, go get me this, go get me that. He takes control of the room real fast. He knows what to do after he finds out that, you know, this this demon is, is the real shit. And uh, he has a plan. He knows what he needs. He whips out those keys, uh, his ring of keys or something, and each of those symbols is what, like a different... Yeah, pagan god or something. I want to say, or some. There's got to be some sort of like significance to each of those coins. So like little charms. Yeah, little charms that represent something that each of these different kinds of demons, you know, is terror to them. Well, it's like holy water, and it doesn't explain any of that. You're yeah. you're inferring all right. this, which right. is like a cool part. It's a cool prop. They were really good at using props in yeah. this movie, where he just pulls it out, and you could just there's, there's kind of like this unwritten backstory of imagine all the other demons he's had to face before, and he knows to go for this particular charm, and he puts it on he puts her it forehead. Puts it in the sun, and he's he's oh, yeah. through it, and all of a sudden he gets the right one, and the demon freaks out. He's like, oh, I know which one you hate. Yeah, 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 and he he, he puts it on her forehead, yeah. right, and it starts starts steaming. Burns the. It probably just like hurts them. It just probably hurts them so that they want to get out of the skin. And then that's where he's able to identify what kind of demon it is, maybe. Uh, yeah. And then it's like after that, he identifies what kind of demon he's yeah. working with. He's like, it tells everyone, hey, I need a mirror. I need rope. Go, guys. And they bring the mirror back. And he, like, sets it over the bed. So this girl tied down the bed has to look up. But he covers her eyes. Well, he tells Chaz first. Oh, yeah, it tells Chaz. He's I love like, that part. Move the car. Move the car. Chaz is like, what? What? Why? Just move the damn car. I love that because it was so. The shot was perfect. It was like he was looking. It was a shot of looking up the fire escape. Keanu Reeves is at the top. We're going to interchange Keanu Reeves and John Constantine the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Keanu. He's like my friend, Keanu. JK. We'll call him JK. Like JK Rowling. He's a wizard. Keanu's looking down, 
move the cart. He's like working, tying ropes, trying to get things going. And his little assistant down there is like, wait, why? It's like, don't question me. Just move the yeah. car. And he does it like a kid, too. Yeah. He does it like a job. He like puts it in reverse for one second, literally. Yeah. And it moves it five <laughs> inches back. Like, it just not. Oh, like, what, what do you call that? What do you call it? You, uh. Malicious compliance? <laughs> minimally complying oh it's like uh doing the bare ass minimum it's like yeah i guess i'll just do it because you told me to do it but you didn't give me specifications on what you wanted so i'm just gonna you know damn it there's another word that i wanted to use there but i'm not educated enough yeah it's because we're on a podcast why would you be able to listen to or why would you be able to think back to all the words you need exactly when you need them i mean that this was i always thought that was like a, a a minor skill of mine was to be able to recall to uh yeah yeah not recall but to like eloquently say something if the mic wasn't hot you would <laughs> maybe would... maybe <laughs> this is me too malicious um, compliance probably malicious compliance it, yeah. just... but i just loved that he just like moved at five feet i was like oh we're it... gonna see that again <laughs> shia labeouf looks like he's 22 in this yeah he might have oh, i would say younger than that younger than that yeah yeah okay because kiana doesn't look like he's 40 no kiana looks he... 30 doesn't it but... say he's 40 in that because of his cancer thing yeah, I didn't pick up yeah. on that. If, if uh, I thought Shia LaBeouf would, would be younger, like 19. Sure. That's why, that's why I took his character to be. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then he goes back in and the mirror scene, like... like right. Uh, Throws the mirror over the bed and he's covering this this girl's eyes who has the demon inside her. And um, I might have been, like, writing notes, but the details are a little fuzzy. And then he like, all right, everyone, don't look. He whispers at it and he goes... Yeah, like starts, you vain prick or something like that. Something in Latin, right? Yeah, and yeah. he starts he starts talking to the demon. Right. He covers the girl's eyes and he goes like, "Look at yourself, you vain prick!" Yeah. And like he's kind of taunting or goading the the demon a little right. bit. And then the the demon looks over his shoulder at um at its own like reflection. Right in the and mirror. In the mirror, the demon pops out of the body and it's yeah. trapped in the mirror. Yeah. And he tells everyone around there's kind of like six men holding the mirror, cause big heavy mirror. And nobody look and one, one of guy guys. of course peeks which i thought was an awesome the way because you're thinking if, if someone tells me to do something like not all of us are going to comply right. there's gonna be one person that yeah. doesn't do it but this one guy who sort of peeks and it's like that's interesting it's like, let's explore what happens when someone breaks the rules in a um fantasy world because a fantasy world is set up demons exist they can inhabit people here's how you get rid of them Here's some backstory on, on tools that you can use to get rid of demons in. What happens if you look at an exorcism and you're not supposed to, and you're a, a mere mortal, and you look at it, and you're not Constantine? Well, as it turns out, this guy, he started getting all white and aged, and he starts, like, shaking, almost like having, like, a spasm, and he ends up, like, I think his face, or his, his skin starts to wrinkle, he just ages really rapidly and falls and dies. He dies. Oh yeah, he oh, super I dies. Didn't know that. Yeah, I, I just remember his hair going white. Yeah, his hair and his his hair, his facial hair and the head of hair just goes white. And yeah, I, I don't, I didn't catch what happened to him after that. It was just freaky stuff. Yeah. It was just a good little. So as soon as that demon comes out and um, goes into the mirror, I wrote some real demon shit right away. You know what kind of unique movie you're in for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. That's kind of what... this is still within the first. 10 minutes oh this is yeah this is five minutes, five minutes in. in yeah yeah 
and we're not going to do this for every scene, but no. it, yeah. this is... kind of sets the pace. Something that I was, as I was watching, is Damien Chazelle, the guy who directed Whiplash and La La Land, mm-hmm. um, who I can't wait, I don't know when his next movie's coming out, but I can't wait for the next one, because those are the only two movies, those are both five out of five movies for me, That those were awesome. Um, he, I, I watched a, a commentary over Whiplash, uh, which is an amazing movie, and... He says, so many people waste their openings. Openings in a movie, everyone's sitting down, everyone's, you got their full attention, you need to really get them with something good. Because as the movie goes on... deep hook. When you go fishing, you get that hook that gets all the way in that fish's, like, gullet, you're not getting that hook out. Yeah. You're stuck. You're coming home with me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If I can hook you in, you're you're mine the rest of the movie. And they had this interesting scene as the the opening hook and i think the first time i watched it that opening scene of the the little mexican finding the spear yeah. that was enough of a hook for me sure because he gets hit by that thing it's like oh we're dealing with like immortals or there's gonna be like gods or something and the cool powers can be you know it just kind of opened my imagination to like oh this movie is gonna go i think i'm gonna like where this movie's going with how you know it's portraying yeah these powers and stuff like that and then and then generally what what happens after the exorcism like uh, he goes home. Does he go to the doctor right away? Well, he kind of like, he kind of like goes downstairs and like gets in the car and him and yeah, him and Shia LaBeouf sort of talk. Shia and, LaBeouf. <laughs> and uh, he go, you know, shooting the shit. And this I is like, not my car. Like I like how uh, Chaz's character is always like, John, come on, John, John, can you help me, John? John, I need a phone. John, just let me come inside with you, John. And just reiterating the John, I I I love. I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah, because John is kind of like this quiet like almost like a mentor but he's quiet and like don't question me yeah like i tell you to do something Chaz doesn't get that hint he's just like john <laughs> and he's totally like not prepared right. and john tries to tell him like you aren't ready for it yet yeah. it's like no yes i am and it's like that that pops up later in big ways later on in the movie where uh Chaz tries to do something and sort of fails but then also Chaz ends up um saving him uh, right. a few times yeah um so that that develop that, that relationship i wrote gets... that down chaz saves the day chad saves the day yes chaz, he does chaz saves the day and then after that we kind of get um a keanu reeves gets a a lung disease diagnosis where he, like because he's been chain smoking he's been smoking three packs a day since he was 15 and he gets uh lung cancer and that's kind of a diagnosis like you're gonna die yeah you have less than a year to live and he's like okay and he lights a cigarette and he's like you just i like that badass attitude it's almost like nihilistic like acceptance of whatever's gonna happen happens all right fuck it like that's that's like a cool action it's not an action movie but like just he just portrays that so well that's you know i was thinking too is that it's almost like a regular John, because John Constantine and John Wick are two characters that are sort of like the everyday. Oh, I see. They're, they're like the characters that they are on their face value. He's like, oh, he's just a regular. Uh, what is he? An architect in John Wick or something like that? Yeah, he had some normal job. Yeah, and he's a normal guy driving like a nicer car, but he lives in a normal house. Right, and, and John. Constantine is uh, just a normal guy. He just happens to do exorcisms on his nights. He's wearing a suit the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was—it's not like a fancy suit. Right. It's just like a, uh, like kind of a little bit disheveled. Yeah. And uh, I wrote here. Sorry. To yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I don't want to have to like backtrack too far when we get too ahead of my notes because we're gonna follow my notes. Okay, follow, follow, you right follow your notes. No. What about your notes? You bringing them up? You haven't done it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I wrote uh, mysterious characters, and that okay. was, and that includes the priest when he like is downstairs, and more importantly was the man with the coin. So I think as soon as John is coming out of the building, um, you see a silhouette. And I notice it because, you know, you see him playing with a coin on his fingers. It's very similar to, like, um, most people have seen... <clears throat> Casino Royale? Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, that one, too. Casino Royale. Casino Royale when they were playing with the chips. And the guy... Oh, but he's just flipping the chips over and just flipping... That's just, like, a poker chip trick. But I'm it's talking, like, villain... playing with the coins, yeah. specifically. Like, that is a signature move of someone who has spent hours. It's also in... Um, American Gods. I don't know if you've ever seen that. The Leprechaun does that. American Gods is a huge thing that I was going to tell you about that a lot of themes, if you watched Constantine or American Gods, you would like the other one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need I need to I need to get back on the American Gods. Season two. You got to watch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. It's it's good. It's actually better in some ways than season one. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I forgot where I am. Um, so I, I wrote Mysterious Characters because they're introduced, you see who they are, but there's no introduction. It's not like John goes out to him, hey, so and Which so, I like. how are you doing with your such and such job, and how's the fam, blah, blah, you know, there's none of that introduction. You see this brief glimpse of this person up in the stairs. All the characters are just kind of like, here's the character, and we're going to keep it mysterious for now. We're going to, like, slowly reel you into, like, you know, everyone It's else. show, don't yeah. tell. Right. Which right. is a basic good movie is it utilize... The fact that you have screen time means that people are watching how the characters are dressed, their facial expressions, what words they're saying with dialogue. That tells you so much more than just an introduction, like a formalized yeah. so-and-so, in like in a book Sometimes or something. Sometimes you actually remember the, the words that are spoken in a rapid transitional type scene. Like, you're not going to remember that stuff. No. And that's an awesome part of like the art of movies is that... They show, look, good directors, they show you what they want to show you. They don't uh, force it to you. Like, we're going to show you this now. Or, or, or having two characters introduce and, and within the first second tell them what they do. Or, I'm an astronaut. I do this. It's like, I want to figure it out. Yeah. 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 Just give me a scene of you in... Doing it. <laughs> yeah. I want to infer. On the space station. All right, now you're an astronaut. <laughs> like, something like, I want to interact. As a watcher of movies, I want to interact with me. I want to... I want to figure it out my own. Do you think that's a product of your, like, um, history with movies? Because I'd say most people want, kind of enjoy being, like, spoon-fed that type of stuff. I don't think people enjoy... I think it's a fundamental part of making a good movie is don't be a little subtle. I think every good director can learn from that. And, or demonstrates that. But by, by seeing a good movie who uses those tropes and techniques... Um, if you don't appeals, do that it appeals to the audience that already has that type of appreciation for that type of subtlety and reading between the lines of a movie if you're just going for the general audience spoon feeding them tends to be more successful I think general audiences won't notice that it's happening but they'll like seeing um, if it's not just snub nose like on the nose just given to you but that they can figure it out a little bit okay and like they give, won't even give realize like 20 percent, 30 percent, and then they get the yeah right. and you yeah. and me know what's happening 
we could we're sitting here right. talking about it, analyzing it. Most people don't analyze right. it, but I think they would enjoy that more. I think that's what makes a good movie. Okay. Like, if you ask me what makes a good uh, song or a good piece of music, it would be the way the notes work together it sounds pleasant to the ear and then it ha- it kind of goes back and then it sort of takes in a direction you didn't know and then it uses good guitar good bass good drum set and and you want to be subtle you want to bring it up you want to have a crescendo those are the fundamentals of making a good song making a good movie it's the same sort of tropes you have um good dialogue good vibrant scenes or maybe drab scenes and that's your movie like like noir like film noir has very like black and white scenes but they u- utilize good shading um introduction of characters you want to have a character that's sort of everybody can relate to um the fact that john wick's do- dog dies it's like everyone sort of connects with that and you and me can analyze that and say oh why is it that the dog died and that's in- impactful it's because his wife gave him the dog and his wife's dying of cancer general audiences just know oh the dog died and still gets the same yeah yeah, has the same effect so is that answering sure yeah yeah good i I just i just wanted to see what your opinion was i knew that i get do you have an opinion on that no okay no i I like both uh both approaches obviously both have their merits i think you can just spoon fed the general audience and that'll get the point across and we're gonna make this triple a title to you know, like Endgame, you're just kind of give them all the hints and the cookies. There's not going to be like a Hansel and Gretel type uh, figure out this stuff. It's just going to be, you know, here's all the points and enjoy this great piece that we took all this work on. Put all this work in. One thing that if you do make a really like awkward or jarring introduction between two characters or your main character, first time he's on screen and you're like, he walks up to someone, shakes someone's hand, says, I'm John Constantine, I'm a demon hunter. The audience, it's not sexy. Like, it's not, like, none of us, no, nobody would no like allure. that. It, there's no allure. There's no There's no draw. And so, you, you know, the distinction between a, a movie critic watching this or a general audience, both want that allure or that draw. The critic is going to analyze it further, but the audience, they just want it. Like, anybody would like a cool action guy who comes in, beats people up, saves, saves a bunch of people, and doesn't say a word about it like everyone likes that that's well established yeah that's a good point uh let's see my next note was the when angela enters the church they have the 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 camera technique that they use so yeah if you remember is that they're following behind her as she's walking down the aisle towards the pulpit or whatever the central area in in, in a large yeah in a large church it's a really big church and then they they're following behind her and they're following and increasing the depth of the shot as well while at the same time and i thought that was like what a cool shot describe very very uh, describe how the camera moves the camera goes forward it's following behind her as she's walking down the aisle and while it's doing that the depth of the shot is expanding in front of her but as your perspective, you just think it's just this shot, this generic, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I don't know. It really almost looks it. like like a dolly shot. Yeah, we don't we don't have a, a, a film background that yeah, we know I all the, have the, these are basic the stuff that term. anybody yeah, on a movie set would know, yeah. but we don't know. But I think it's like a dolly shot where you, you, you have a, the camera on a track and then you have it just going, following the character and just moving forward. They could have just done that. It would have been a static shot. It would have worked. It right. would have done the job. But they 
as they were sh- going forward, they they're, in, they're messing with the distance and the zoom and the and the lens. They're changing it. That makes for a more impactful scene. And you have huge towering artwork that she's walking towards, and that gives you the sense of like she's entering a much bigger, bigger, much larger space than what that shot gave you. It's like sure you can just put this camera on the floor and you can have this woman walk past and down the aisle. It would but work. If, if instead, if we're going to follow her a little bit, and then we're going to drastic... Like, it wasn't just, like, a slow thing. It was, like, added 50 feet in a second of... of Depth of, 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 of field of vision that you could see. No, it wasn't field of vision. Okay. So, it literally, like, would extend... It just made everything... put is pushing everything far away. I don't know what that okay. technique is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure if you go back, you'll you understand what I'm talking about, but... Dude, we could, we could actually uh, throw the scene up. Why don't we just... Throw the scene. I'll try to edit it in. Oh, I see. No guarantees on that, but like yeah, we'll we'll yeah, try to we'll, put it in. Yeah, because it's worth worth watching. Yeah, I thought it was just a cool little thing, and I yeah. wrote a note about it. So. Absolutely. Um, you were talking earlier about they use um, not trinkets, props, props. The use so of props takes, is awesome. She takes her gun off when she gets home after her whole interaction with. So she goes to church for confession. Right. She confesses that she's a... Well, not... Not confession. I thought she went there to ask the priest for help. Like, hey, my sister... My sister just killed herself. No, she went for a confession at first. And then she said, I've killed two people today. I'm a cop. Most cops don't take out their gun in 20 Uh, years of of service. I was probably writing or doing something else, but I didn't miss that because I was like, oh, the characters are maintaining their mysterious attitude of, oh, you don't know she's a cop until I saw her whip out her badge for John when she goes to his apartment. Yeah, it turns out she's a detective. she's a detective. And uh, another shot that was, like, right before this um, is that her her sister, who's in a psychiatric hospital, jumps off of the top. That's kind of a major scene. Are you sure that was first? I would have wrote something. For sure I thought I would have wrote something. Uh, Maybe it was first. Maybe it was after. I, I don't know the... doesn't matter. We're not trying to recount the movie. We're just trying to analyze it. Yeah, this is after. Okay. Yeah, so it's after, because she goes to bed, and this is where she's dreaming. And I was like, oh, so she's dreaming, and then she wakes up. I was like, oh, this is fake, because we know it's a dream. We just saw her go to sleep. Turns out, she's got a fucking twin sister. That's her her twin (laughs) sister, because I I was confused at that, too. I was like, wait, what? She killed herself? Yeah, she just killed herself, but it's a dream, so that must not be true. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, no, there's a real body, and then she shows up, and she, like, reveals the body while it's on the floor of that. Yeah, that was a what-the-fuck scene. I was like, wait. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to sit back and, like, figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she shows up to, uh, she shows up to, um, like, a, a a pool? Like, what do you think that was? Was that, was that a psychiatric? Yeah, it was a pool. No, it was a, a psychiatric hospital. That's, like, your rehab pool. Okay, rehab yeah. pool. Because they kind of have medical equipment in the back. Yeah. Shock and, therapy sometimes. Yeah. It's got a different schedule throughout the day. You got shock therapy in the morning. Like, oh, okay. jump in. We're going to give you a little jolt. Yeah, little and then jolt. later, we'll get the older people. The, do call jazz, them, jazzercise. The water buffalo. We'll get them in the pool. You guys can do your uh, your um, high leg, or your knee kicks. What yep. is it called? Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, ah, you know a lot about this movie. I'd say, then we'll have... Uh, at 5 o'clock, we'll have the movie poolside. Okay. You guys can hop in the water while we throw this movie on the... <laughs> On the, on the projector. <laughs> it reminds me of it, I just played the Evil Within, and if anyone's played that game, oh, okay. there's like the final the final scene. It's, they're doing medical experiments on people and that are possessed, pool. and there's a pool like that, and you got to fight a bunch of demons. And 
they came out way after Constantine, but yeah. it's like maybe they were. Yeah. You know, it's, all this stuff connects. Yeah, yeah. You can pull that stuff. From there's me. something. There's something about using water. It water represents like um, I read this about from Jordan Peterson, um, who's a clinical psychologist, and he talks about all this stuff, and he talks about um, myths and like mythical. Why do we? Why? Why is the main character a young man on a journey and has to defeat the dragon and save the maiden and all that what that all means and water traditionally means um chaos and an other world and like that feminine chaotic energy um and so when you have water it's kind of like a a portal to another dimension i see and yeah, it's a, like a yeah. totally uh, like opening a, a kind of a door into a like as soon as you bring water or like when she falls off the top of the hospital and breaks she crashes through, through crashes through the glass and splashes, splashes into the into water the, yeah. and the scene ends right like that's where she wakes up. No, like I think the scene kind of like fades from there, and it I was think a, she wakes up in bed, right? That yeah, I believe yeah. that's when she wakes up in bed, and we're, she kind of like jolts out of bed like, oh, did that really happen? And then she kind of like. So knows already she, that her sister died. And later on, we don't know at the time, but she, that's actually a premonition that she has. She's got... Um, so people in this world, in this universe, some of them, like Constantine and the two twin sisters, can see demons, and the priest included, can see the other side um, beyond the normal veil of the world. They can see the world of angels and demons. and, right. and But even though those angels and demons, those are mid-level people and those aren't the big players. The big players are like God and Satan, and they don't show up into the world unless they have a really good reason to. And yeah, so you don't know at the time, but she's actually seeing some her sister because she got a connection with her sister. But she had um, s- repressed that ability to see the world of angels and demons since she was young. But her sister had not repressed that. And so because of that, she was in a psychiatric hospital because she couldn't handle it. And so she kills herself, and her sister can't believe that she, that her sister would kill herself. And so the main, the main character that we're following, the detective... Um, Angela. Angela. Um, also played by... Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. I think they were both played by Rachel Weiss. They were twin sisters. They looked alike. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why we were so confused when we saw her jump off the bridge and then yeah. wake up. We're like... I mean, jump off the building. Yeah, jump off the building. I wrote here that I need to rewatch that fall scene of her jumping off. Okay. So from her turning around and saying... Well, actually, we don't see that. Because we don't know that she says Constantine until she goes back and looks on the computer. Yes. But when she turns around, says something that we can't... She sees a camera. So she's a psych psych patient, but she looks around, sees the camera that's filming. Because there's a video footage on top of the building. Right. And she looks around and says Constantine to to the camera knowing that her sister would review the footage later. Right. So she's played by all this stuff, and she ends up killing herself. Yeah. And her- but she still has the... She still knows that Constantine can help her. Yes. And that this is her last... That was her last kind of, like, breakthrough. Like, that was actually that woman breaking through the possession of the demon to reach out and be like, I'll have to say this one word, and then it's all over then anyway. And I was caught by the, the way that she fell off the building. It was like... She falls off, and then it kind of, like, falls... The camera kind of falls her over the edge, and then she falls down into the pool, and the camera switches to under the glass, and she breaks through the glass, and the camera switches to under the water as she, like, smacks into the water. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
So that's a good uh, 30 yeah, second uh, scene of just the way they decided to shoot it from and which it was angle. A definitely purposeful because you yeah. want to take that kind of like, oh my god, this woman just crashed through this and look at all the bad shit that happened to her. And then sometimes most movies will just be like, oh, she fell over the building. You see her body cross the plane, fall down. All right, switch scenes. You will let the audience infer what happened to that person. No, we're, this movie is like, we're going to show this. You know, we're going to brutalize a, a little bit more. They show her, like, it's it was a violent thing, like, yeah. crashing through a skylight full of window, which is like, whoosh, yeah. just this. Loud. Yeah. Splash into the water, and it's not just, like, a top-down, where most, you know, bodies fall into the water, usually people would do a top-down, or most cinematographers will do a top-down shot. And a big splash or whatever. Right, right. But it, and then you lose track of the body anyway. Well, in this one, you're looking under, and this person comes over the top of Breaks the, the surface of the water. Yeah. It's kind Glass of... Glass breaking through, and you just kind of this, see this body kind of splash into this water. And I remember and that... then it cuts. And I don't know if this is... This is my recollection of it. Her hair is kind of, like, yeah. going all over the place in the water, and she's, Makes her she, look a little bit more, like, demonized, I guess. Yeah. Less yeah. less human. Yeah. There's blood. Yeah. And she's... Right. Yeah. And then it cuts. And then it goes. And then she... Her sister wakes up. But I was like, rewatch the fall scene. Just to like okay. get a, a better grasp of what was going on there. Like, try to microanalyze. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I wrote next, probably a few scenes later, that John's got nothing to lose. Because I think that's when he goes... Yeah. Um, to the doctor and she tells him oh it's looking bad and nowhere is it explicitly said in that scene that he has cancer. cancer it's true but he's chain smoking every scene that you see john in he's either finishing a cigarette lighting a cigarette or he's got a cigarette in his hand which by the way i love it's such a good prop in movies to have actors convey emotion by smoking cigarettes yeah. it's like yeah you're saying you personally love it I and love it's it. because there's so much that you can do with a cigarette or... The way a character smokes a cigarette tells you so much. They could be smoking it fast, they're nervous, they're jittery. They could be doing it slow, cool, calm, collected. They could be like... like I don't remember what movie it is now, but it's like there's some movie up there where some guy's about to light a cigarette and he gets interrupted and he talks and he makes a point and he does it again and gets interrupted and he does it again. And then at this point, you're just... The whole scene is like... Four minutes of you trying to of you watching, but he's so cool and calm, and he doesn't even care about lighting it. It's just that that tells you this. Viewers, give it. I I remember that scene. I just don't remember what it's from. I don't remember. So if any of you listening, you know what scene we're talking about. Throw a comment. Throw a (laughs) comment. Or just anything like hit us up somewhere. Yeah, Yeah. just let us know that movie. We want to make ourselves available so that anybody who wants to interact with with this, we want to talk. Well, yeah, because literally what they can do is just show us a comment. You can. Give us a link to the movie, and we could probably throw something up, you know, while this is... Yeah. Give some reference while we're talking about it, you know? I am always down to... I want to do screenshots and things like... Things we're talking about. Yeah. Um, or we can even do short clips. I just know we get into weird stuff with copyright. Right. I don't right. want us to get taken down, because yeah. the point of us is talking... Is watching the movie and talking about it. Right. But we then, don't need that stuff, but we would like it, and if it doesn't yeah. step on anyone's toes. And this is not a video essay. Right. Like, I, I'm not going to sit there and edit all this footage and put it together I, I want a podcast i want to talk about it we don't got that kind of time i don't got that kind of time or interest <laughs> no um, one's gonna even be that kind of money no one ain't no one pay me <laughs> i love <laughs> movies but not that fun. i like talking dude it's easy <laughs> <laughs> literally just turn on the mic <laughs> yep yep uh do you want to 
hit on that scene anymore. It was kind of a doctor. It, all it was was a shot of a doctor with an x-ray, and the lungs are kind of like a black. x-ray? There was at least... Yeah, and 40 x-rays on this person's screen, and you got zoomed in on one, and it... You know, unless you're a doctor, you don't have any idea what you're looking at. But what I you're looking it was at is lungs with black, black all over yeah. <laughs> And then he... I guess, yeah, you can... He looks it. down at the cigarette, he's like, of all the things I've fought and all the things I've killed over the years, this is what does me in. Yeah. And yeah, that's know, almost the exact quote. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It was just so cool. It, it it shows his backstory and how much they, he, like, hates this thing and he takes a drag yeah. and it's like... He li- I literally write, smoking in the hospital level. <laughs> <laughs> he lights it up in the office with her. He's like, Dude, a lot of smoking so. inside. Yeah. You don't see that. I, he it, finishes that cigarette in that office and as he's walking out, he lights up another one in the hallway while he walks out. When was the last like, time you saw someone smoking inside? Wow probably been like 15 years yeah uh no that's not that long i think this uh i like to bowl a lot i go bowling okay or i did well yeah bowling you could smoke bowling eyes you had you could smoke inside do they still smoke inside uh i don't think so i went to a pool hall a couple years ago and everyone's smoking inside the, the pool hall but that's kind of a, a place to smoke yeah and those are specific to them as well yeah everyone's drinking and smoking which by the way pool halls are fun yeah which is the one that lets you smoke inside uh, here? Like spats? Oh, yeah, spats. I've never been there, but I just heard. Yeah. Playing pool is fun with sketchy people. I would go there with, like, some of my friends after working on Park Ave, because we could just walk over. Yeah. Yeah. Get a couple drinks and... Yep. Play some pool. Play some pool. Uh, my next note after he walks... Oh, did you want to talk about more of the cancer scene, or...? No, I, I did we... like that quote, like, of all the things... Of all the things, this little thing, and it just, like, zooms in on the cigarette, is going to do me in. Further insight into his worldview of he just doesn't care about anything. Yeah. And, I mean, no family. He's kind of alone. Nihilistic. Um, Yeah. It's just a cool character with a cool worldview. Right. Don't give a fuck attitude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think the next scene we get, uh, we flash back to the sword bearer. And this is where... uh, the the uh, spear the, the spear the guy who has the spear yeah, yeah that we don't know is I guess the devil's son um, this yeah. is the scene where he walks through the the pasture okay and it's a pasture and there's a bunch of what cows um, grazing cows or bison or something it looks like it's Texas or North Mexico yeah, yeah. yeah. something yeah obviously it has to be like yeah it's probably Texas with the cattle and so he's just walking through and it's like a a wave of death of death that just surrounds him as he walks and anytime he comes as he goes further in he just kills all this shit and this these things literally like decompose within seconds like a whole cow is just just that was absorbed. a great cgi scene yeah because it was it was so dark that you didn't have to do too much detail but as long as you got the just across and you saw this person walking and these cows just have these repeatedly things fall over and then kind of like disappear into dust it was like did he absorb their life? Did, yeah. Did he just kill them? Is that just well? You like don't a, know a what the spear is about. What the spear is doing? You, you yeah. just know it's some sort of artifact, right. and you have no idea at this yeah. point. But I think the first time I saw the house, like getting hyped, I was like, "All right, we're gonna see some real like god battle shit. Let's go." Yeah, yeah, that was badass. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good. It, in a movie like this, it's so good to have just throwaway scenes, just quick, easy. Let's shoot it. Low lighting in a field. Pretty sure the cows were all CGI'd. You just have a guy walking. Those are real cows, dude. Shut the fuck up. You didn't up. know. Shut up. There was a disclaimer at the end. <laughs> We're so sorry. Only 21 cows died in this film. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> we ate them after every... 
we had to do five retakes, uh, give or take. So that's what we use for dinner for the rest oh of the shot. Oh my god. <laughs> and so yeah, then 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 what brings Constantine into go see Gabriel? Do you remember why? That's the same scene where Angela goes in to talk to the priest. Remember? That's when they first meet John right. and Angela. Um, the detective they, yeah. they first meet up outside of why did they show up in the first place why were they in the same spot was it the hospital Rachel wanted not Rachel uh, Angela wanted to go ask about her sister because she thinks that her sister there's no way that, that she, she would have killed herself. herself and is that the first interaction we have between John and Angela is they're both waiting to see the priest and Angela walks up and like I'm a woman and he's like I was here first and they walk in together anyway they call that a a when two romantic people first meet on time in the screen there's either there's four ways to shoot it there's push push pull pull uh push pull and pull push and the can you do that again yeah the man and the woman <laughs> in this case it was both push push yeah. like there, there wasn't like one person pulling or maybe it was like angela pulling a little bit because she was trying to get inside the elevator and he closes the door on her like he has every he could have let it open, and he just doesn't care, and he lets it go. Oh, Remember that, that is their first interaction. Okay, then the second interaction is that's why she made that comment about like, oh, you, I know you, or you again, or whatever she said when they're in the in the church. Yeah, okay. you, yeah. Are you an I, asshole I to everybody, or yeah, just yeah. or just women, or like that? Yeah, like, yeah. Are you an asshole to everybody you yeah, meet? Yeah. And he just like smokes, like he just doesn't, doesn't care. care. He yeah, remains stoic. Yeah. And they're both they're both fighting to to talk to Gabriel the archangel, um, and they're like in line, and they and both. This is the first uh, I noted here. This yeah. is the first time that he explains, or the first time that something is explained that happened. And so when he's talking to Gabriel, who was played by a really good actor too or actress, um, I just don't remember her name, but this is the first time he explains what happened in the exorcism with the girl. So he kind of gives you some details. All right, that was a demon. Can we? T- yeah. After, can we talk about uh, Gabriel the Angel? That that was awesome casting. Sure. So they say you actually had watched this movie with subtitles on, which I usually tend not to do. Right. But I because you've already it. seen it. Yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah. I, subtitles are I fine. Feel like, distracting. I feel like, yeah, it's distracting in the first time that you watch it, but the second time, I like to turn subtitles on. That way, stuff that I'm a I, fan I, now. I, yeah, that I couldn't yeah. hear. Or that was blurbed up, or you know, sometimes they'll whisper something under the breath, and the subtitles will still show what they say, and you're like, "Oh, that's what they said. That's cool." Yeah, like, I didn't, I wouldn't have caught that because it was either so low. It's almost like it's almost like having a screen, uh, script in front of you. Yeah, like you're analyzing. Okay, I see what they're saying. Right. And yes, yeah. I, I, I was a fan of the subtitles, okay. and they, they said, "Are you here to see him?" And him, they were referring to Gabriel, the angel. But Gabriel is played by a woman, very androgynous features, kind of looks like... I mean, Did, was it a capital him? No, it was a lowercase him. They were talking about the Gabriel. Gabriel. Okay. And they go see Gabriel, and Gabriel's... Um, we should look up who, what the actress's name is. We'll put a picture on. Yeah. And um, I can never remember her name. I, but she's always done like great. Yeah. Uh, what she was killed it thing? with this one. Snowpiercer, I think that... Is it with this... Snowpiercer, and I want to say, like, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, she played um, the Ice Queen or something like that. Sure. And that was, like, a, a big role, Yeah, I thought. Yeah. Or it was impactful to me that she did well. It was a, It's a big thing in Sandman. Um, 
those comics where you have characters that look male and female and like a very feminine face but dressed in a suit very thin um very angelic like oh this if this was a guy it's it the way her, her the character's face looked is just very angelic and sharp features but sort of soft on the eyes a little bit if that makes sense um very like clean cut business suit oh yeah very she thin. was she had like the double knot tie ready to go and everything was just ship shape on the on the on the suit and then her hair was just kind of like Perfect. naturally yeah. beautiful i guess yes. in a way yeah Perfect of course, casting. of course she has like a naturally blemish less face like there's no there's no you know, no marks on it yeah, nope. yeah. and it yeah. didn't look like it was makeup either you know and I, i'm sure there's some amount that was yeah, added of course on there's makeup but, but you know, looks natural, like a very yeah flawless, yeah. natural, like perfect human being. Yeah, yeah, right. But they're not. She's not human. She's not human. As it turns out, she's a halfling. That's right. Yeah, that's why she exists in in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they in, well not in our world in John's world in John's world, which I like that they made a distinction mm-hmm. that this is not the world that you live in. There's rules to this world, and I wrote that down on my notes of how this world is set up. Um, you gonna browse through those? Yeah, right I'm quick. gonna browse through your notes, dude, because you're not picking them up. I might as well. No, I wanna. I still haven't, because we're starting right now on where I started taking notes. Oh, because your other notes are at work. Yeah, I forgot. That's <laughs> <bad>, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got a plan here. I guess I'll just lead this whole thing. Then <laughs> I guess we're just going through every <laughs> everything I did. <laughs> Stand there, and look pretty, Michael. You know, if I browse this room, I can probably find your notes. I don't know. No, I think they are at work. Yeah, definitely. But um. She's she's standing. She's kind of like taller than real life. She looks mm-hmm. like a very tall, imposing figure. She's a tall character. Tall or, character. She's a tall person in real life. Yes. As well, so that helped. Almost like a Brianna of Tar. Tar, like, but kind of really good looking. Kind of that tall uh, sure. Joan of Arc. It had the masculinity a little bit of Brianna of Tar, but still very feminine. Yeah. She wasn't as bulky. It looked like an angel. Yeah. Like I mean, that's I was like, right. oh, that's that's a badass angel. Yeah, uh, yeah and you're also rendition. expecting Gabriel, some guy, and all of a sudden you get this chick shows up, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, but she plays a, a, a male character throughout the entire right. thing. Right, it's just very androgynous. Yeah, I love it. Um, she's she's looking down at 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 a fireplace, just looking down on it, and opening shot is her with wings, and the wings were they were on screen for a very short amount of time but they were cgi but they look good mm-hmm. and they were huge they were massive like these huge flash wings 12 yeah 12 foot long wings like and then they disappear and that kind of shows you that constantine can view and see what she really is but then that goes away for the the, the rest of us yeah 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 we don't want to spend that much money on the cgi we don't need wings this whole conversation yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and so what I wrote down was there was an epic scale. So what I really like is that they this movie takes from they could have made this really like boring and flat, but no, they they really ramped it up that the stakes are super high, like biblical imagery, like you already mentioned about the church, um, philosophical, existential. This is beyond 
human life like human life doesn't even matter like it's uh john constantine's about to die within a year and he doesn't even care right so it's not about that it's yeah. it's not about mortals he gives it, even a less of a fuck now after he finds out about his diagnosis than he did in the first couple minutes of the scene and we already thought at that point that he was kind of like that nonchalant like i don't care what's going on around me so really or, he doesn't care that or he's just like so confident that it doesn't matter what happens he knows that he's going to be able to handle it type of thing yeah and well because the normal everyday part of life is not a concern for him because he's seen stuff beyond the veil beyond the normal where it's about him trying to get to heaven uh versus going to hell because he already, and he says like i already know where i'm going yeah. i think that's the the final part of the ends the medical scene oh yeah he learns, yeah he walks he goes, out the door i already know where i'm going anyway yeah yeah he already knows and then you just infer oh this guy's going what to was hell her, what was her um what was the doctor's quote to make him say what was her question then? aren't you worried like you've been smoking 30, 30 pack or three yeah, packs 50, of cigarettes for the past fifteen since you were fifteen, 15. and he's like, I already know. Where I've I'm got going. a year to live. I, I already know where I'm going. Yeah, I'm yeah. not worried about it. Right. Like, don't you think you should stop? Like, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> I think that's how it went. And um, and so I just like that the scale of the movie was ramped up because you're meeting an angel. You're meeting. You already he explains about the exorcism that he just occurred, but he he talks to Gabriel about how this exorcism was different. The demons are. Um, being more... It felt like a soldier. Like a demon soldier instead of just like some random demon they got into this body. No, this is someone who's... This is an attack. Trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something big is brewing beyond the other right. world. And we don't know, this is a spoiler uh, for the rest of the movies, that Gabriel is actually working with the son of Satan. And they're teaming up together and planning to cause chaos and overthrow god or whatever no i thought they just wanted to take over the human world sure yeah yeah maybe that was it because lucifer owns hell and god owns heaven yeah and and they made a bet over over uh this is worth mentioning right now um reminds me of american gods i wrote it down so this is an alternate universe where god and satan are having a wager over the human Mm -hmm. and they're just trying to influence yeah uh, people to be whether they're going to go to heaven or hell right. and so it's just a, a game that they're playing right. so uh, our traditional view of um, Christianity uh, heaven and hell it's not about that it's about neither of them give a shit about the world Satan's just trying to send his people down to get people to go to hell and God's trying to do the same they're, they're almost like a game that they're playing right. Right. and Constantine they're fighting over this our souls yeah and it's a, just a, it's just yeah. not a big deal it's, and right. so that's why constantly think this is this is all nonsense because I, I already know which side i'm going on and he's been he actually a little bit of backstory of him that we find out later is that he killed himself when he was um a young man they didn't say what age maybe it was like 17 or it's probably be- before he was 15 right before he was 15 he was maybe, a young he was a young kid maybe you could assume that he started smoking after he did that. oh that's right because he, he since uh, since he was a little kid he he could see the demons and so he got freaked out killed himself he was gone for two minutes two minutes in hell gets out of there and forever he's uh got the vision he's got the vision but it it started before that he's always been able to have the vision and he's been trying to work by killing demons so that he can work himself back into heaven oh yeah but you can't it's a mortal sin that's right which is why angela is so worried about her sister but her sister was possessed yeah so moral of the story just don't be catholic just don't be Catholic. It's too complicated. Um, 
you got a grip of what he did in that scene. I wrote, Chaz is a slave. So I think he walks out of the church, and he's walking along with Chaz, and Chaz is just, you know, mouthing off. <laughs> Chaz is his little bitch. Get yeah. the car. Get the car. Get, Get the this. Car. Do this. Do this. And Chaz is like, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, John. Whatever no, he's, 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 he's fighting back, but he's still doing it. Right. You know, it's like, what? Like, why? Am I ever going to not what? be the this driver? Makes sense. It's like any student's kind of typical response of like, oh, fine, I'll move the car. Five feet. And it's like, come on. Take yeah. some initiative, you I child. love that interaction. Uh, yeah, we met Gabriel. Angela is the name of the girl we met. Uh, the, there was a scene where he is going into like a nightclub or something and a perfect circle w- was playing, which is a, a band by the, um, lead singer of Tool, Maynard James Keenan. Uh, turns out Tool was, was taking forever to write cause as a band, they collectively write their songs and kind of Maynard just shows up and sings. And he's like, dude, we take like 10, 15 years to write an album. Like I got to go off and do other stuff. So he started his own band, a perfect circle, which was big and the 2000s and i still think they're making music but it's kind of got that certain for that 10 15 year period of time where they actually had bands like um there were like a bunch of screamo bands a bunch of metal bands nowadays they don't have bands like that like they don't have when was the last time we heard of like a rock band getting together and playing shows i guess metallica's still around but i'd say most bands go on tours they just go on tours like themselves together themselves but it's not like it used to be where you could get a band together and i was like oh everyone wants to go to the show and now it's kind of like oh yeah who enjoys rock all right you guys can go have these shows but the rest of the nation kind of is like you know top 15 top 10 there's rappers yeah, there's, there's rappers, electronic music there's yeah. djs it's uh, music is so much more um populated now that it's yeah. it's tough to like have it's still good i still like music rock following yeah it's not like it was better back in the 2000s but right. like bands like Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, Depeche Mode. Um, let's see what else. Like we were already kind of talked about Tool, but like a Perfect Circle. Like it just, it was a good capture of that band and the music that was playing during that time. In during that time, yeah. yeah for that's um, true. That's true. Yeah. You know that most of that music in that was rock. Like yeah, and it was just like a thirty-minute excerpt of like a really good. But rock it was song. it was artistic rock. It was like right. progressive right. rock. It wasn't um, like rock music, Nickelback or some yeah, shit. Yeah. It was. It was, they were... That's not rock. It's kind of creepy. Um, not creepy, but... You know what I mean? Like, a little yeah. artistic, a little out there kind of music. Um, and it was kind of cool watching that, because when I first watched that movie, I had no idea about this band. Later on, I, I listened to this band. I listened to a bunch of their music, a bunch of their songs. Okay. And then I watched it again here. I'm like, oh, shit, that's two things that I... Two artists that are in the same medium together. That's so cool. Yeah. It's like it's like synchronicity or... Right, that they... they, they uh transgress on that on that line type thing not transgress no it just are both there yeah. that's that they all line up on that moment yeah bob or was it bob ross he would call him happy little coincidences <laughs> happy little coincidence because he messed up one time on a fading <laughs> and he, he turned into a bird he's like it's just a happy little coincidence now you know what i'm talking about no bob ross the painter oh yeah yeah when he's painting one on his show, right. a TV show, he messed up something. It's like, we'll just fix that. That's a happy little accident. <laughs> <laughs> to fall asleep to him, it's the best. That's funny. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You say that. Uh, I wrote here, Gabriel says John is fucked. Does she actually say that? Or is that my interpretation? 
Does she say you're fucked? Because that's why I would have wrote that. Like, maybe she did. I don't remember. But it was impactful. She was saying, she was giving him a sentence. Yeah, like you have no chance or something like that. That's pretty much you're fucked. <laughs> uh, the next thing I think we see the bald guy, the bald priest. Yeah. We've learned he has ability. Because you see him like put his hands over the newspaper and somehow he can hear the abilities of like of what they're doing so it's kind of like very methodical and slow of like how this movie is gonna right little by little we're getting trickled information to you about what's kind of like going on i, I like that oh <laughs> we missed the we saw the editing detail in the computer <laughs> oh this is such a small little scene <laughs> It was just so funny. I'm going to throw a course, screenshot of, of throw it down. Yeah, of yeah. that scene. It's like, you're clicking the wrong button to go back on the footage. Yeah, so Angela goes to the mental hospital and is reviewing the footage of watching her sister jump off the roof. Yeah. And this is where she discovers that her sister says Constantine before she jumps. Yeah. And it... They rewind it. She They do a close-up of the screen that she's wandering, watching on, and the mouse cursor goes over the button and clicks the wrong button it's the it's the back button like if you were to back up on a scene or or restart the video yeah that button for me is like switch to the other video or skip all the way back to the beginning and all i did was rewind it a little bit and she went right along (laughs) it's like and you're like you pointed out to me you're like dude isn't that the wrong button i was like i don't know we rewound it just to figure out oh yeah they got they messed that one up they missed that one in post you know what you know what breaks my brain is that this is like a multi-million dollar movie and Dude, you, back then it didn't matter. You, you add either in, button and you add in a little bit of a like a, a clear screw up, and it's like you're you're fucking up the work of art that people spent millions of man hours or hundreds of thousands of man hours on. On a stupid little mess yeah. up. It's like why is you don't you have editors like looking at this thing for like hundreds of times? <laughs> like, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. It's such a small detail that only like. That's probably something on the millennials we even picked up. Like, every other generation before us, like... Nobody cares about it. It's about right! I'm the only one that cares. Um, next, uh, I wrote... Creepy phone ringer scene. I don't know why I wrote it like that, but this is the scene where, um... I think Angela's having a dream in... Not a dream. I guess she's at the computer or something, and her phone rings. She picks it up. Hello? No one's there. Another phone rings. So she picks it up. Hello? And no one's there. And another phone rings instantly. And all these phones are ringing. Blah, blah, blah. And it, like, it gets really shrill and loud. And then it cuts off. And that's like another transition. Of like, all right. Back to like slow, methodical. Here's John doing what John's doing. Uh, a quick point on that is that um, it kind of shows the times where they had, what would you call those? Like digital phones? Like the ringer was not, it wasn't a, like people had house phones in 2005. Like, I grew up with a phone in my house. Like nobody has phones anymore. It's all cell phone. I wouldn't say nobody, but the majority of people have cut the cord. Yeah. Nobody millennials that live together or yeah, live alone or millennials are. There's nobody else besides millennials. No, I'm just saying like people our age. Don't, nobody has a house phone now. I mean, yes, people do have house phones, but um, it kind of had that digital ring, and then it, her fax machine started ringing and. You wouldn't shoot that scene that way and if the movie came out now. Right. You couldn't. You couldn't. It would logistically wouldn't make sense because yeah. no no one has that phone. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then next we meet the Balthazar. Yeah, talk about him. 
Um, I love them. Another like clean, well put, put together like character. Like, thousand dollar suit. Yeah, thousand dollar suit. His hair is combed over real nice. He's got that you know professional chiseled. model. Yeah, chiseled face. He's got the dressed up suit as well. His tie is really done well. He's in a suit and he's got his coin thing going like. Yes. He's either got it in his hand or he's playing with it while he's talking, and you can tell he's kind of like a dark character. Well, his face was... I, Silhouetted or in the dark. It was in the dark, and right. it kind of comes out into the light yeah. and gets revealed. Right. And perfect form. Um, kind of reminds me of American Psycho. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 80s businessman, very, like... Christian Bale has a chiseled face. Yeah. Especially when he's younger. Especially when he's younger. Uh, do you remember anything more about that scene? I'm I'm sort of struggling at this point, but like... Uh, I wrote, there was lots of fun and crazy tricks used by the camera. So in that scene, like, the camera almost tilted to like a 45 degree angle. And that's like how you watched the camera itself. So you knew that they were still in this office talking with whoever. And then the camera kind of like switched up. It kind of just like tilted a little bit I didn't to like a that. 40 degree angle or something like that. And it still kept going. And it was just kind of like put Balthazar on a little bit of an upper edge just because that's how the angle was portrayed. And that was just like a little interesting trick that they did there. Now, was this um, scene that you're remembering? Because I don't remember it. Uh, it was when Balthazar and, and John were talking. You know, he okay. gets like, and uh, I forget his name, Midnight, uh, played by, oh, I can never remember his name. The is a black actor yeah. that he's kind of been in, um, he was in um, King Arthur, wasn't he? Yes. He also played, like... In 300? He was also in 300, I want to say? Yeah. He was the guy that, that gets pushed over by yeah, the Knights. Yeah, gets kicked, yeah. Uh, is he in Blood Diamond? He, yeah, he might be in Blood Diamond. He's the dad in Blood Diamond, right? I, I haven't seen that movie. You've seen that movie recently. I won't remember. But he's got a very um, a interesting uh, like movie, like a, a face to put on a screen. Right. Just... You, something's drawn to he, a lot of times he has like a goatee that's like white um white hair and it's very like striking and stark contrast and yeah he plays um midnight which is this uh neutral demigod no yeah neutral half breed i guess who's chosen instead of choosing light or dark side i shouldn't say that instead of choosing heaven or hell to like kind of like Oh, I'm. Mean, this is going to be a base for one of those two outfits. I'm going to be neutral. That way, people can meet or mingle or mediate here, so that which is know. like the Continental in John Wick, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> two different black guys play the. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. the same. But kind of the same, almost energy. I I felt like, like this is a neutral place. You're welcome here. I welcome all all people to this location, but. No killings will happen on on this ground. Yeah, yeah, and which is exactly what the Continental is in John Wick. Uh, side note here: you're playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Um, do you recognize the man's voice yet? Is it this guy? It's not the guy from Constantine. It's the guy from from the John Wick 3. from John Wick Three. Yeah, or uh, the John Wick movies. Or I, yeah, again, from... I can't remember his name. Yeah, we we really should be better about yeah. actors' names. Yeah, but I don't think our listeners would sure they can literally google the cast yeah while they're you should to us you like, should watch yeah, it and, yeah. and and notice who, who we're talking about um i also noted that all the times that the camera is listened or 
most of the time when a character was speaking, the camera was almost like a foot away from their face, if not less. So it's a close-up. Yeah. Yeah. Close-up of almost every time that they were talking by themselves. It's like, boom, right there. It's not just it's like It's intense. A, it's not like sat back where you just have like a good distance between the camera and the person so you can see their upper body or they're talking or walking. It's like, boom, right in your face. Uh, an interesting thing, another movie that did that, this is a classic, uh, 12 Angry Men, yep. the black and white movie. I almost put that on my top five, by the way. Wow, really? I, I like it. I appreciate the movie. I had to watch it for, um, I took an ethics, no, I did take an ethics class, but I took a critical thinking class, and they showed that as each of the 12 men, was their argument logically consistent? Was it using, um, did they fall into any traps of using their biases? Were they clear thinking? And we had to rank which of the of the jurors and 12 angry men had a good argument that kind of followed gotcha and what i wanted to say about it is the camera work in that is they started off it's a very tiny cramped room in 12 angry men but they're uh the the camera starts far away from them and they kind of have multiple people in this in the shot but as the intensity gets up and they they get angry they start getting sweaty they want to get out of the room they want to they have to deliberate they have to work with each other they start getting snappy an hour into the movie all the shots become close-ups and that's the intensity factor yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and this is like right away, boom, right in your face. Like, and it when matters. The, when the priest first shows up in the in the first scene, it's still like right on his face. Like he's nervous. You can tell he's nervous. His eyes are darting around. You can tell he's not all right. But you don't know that because you don't know that he has voices in his head until later. Yeah. Yeah. And it matters if the camera's above a character and they're looking up or looking down. And then if the, ca- if the camera's below where their face is, like that has an effect. Yeah. And so... I think the camera might have been a lower on Balthazar looking up because he's kind of a, a intimidating above. Right, right. I'm looking down at you, but from our perspective, he's looking down on you know the person he was talking or to John. I guess he was talking to there. Yes. Um, is this the point um, where they he has to go into hell and? He goes to his apartment. Like, John goes back to his apartment. Uh-huh. And, and he's sitting alone. Sitting alone with a cigarette at his table. Okay. And then he's interrupted by someone at the door. And it turns out to be Angela. Correct. She flashes the badge. That's where you find out she's... Or I found out. She yeah. That she was, yeah. Uh, and John's like, no, I'm out. Or I'm not going to participate. You know, go home or whatever. So he's uncooperative because he's in that kind of like, oh, well, Midnight's not going to help me. Balthazar's out there, blah, blah, blah. I got this smoking or this cancer problem. So you just get that feeling of like, oh, John just is caring, is caring even less and less about what his original goal was of or her problems or yeah anyone else's problem except his own and his own are trying to get to heaven because he so this is this he's the push she's the pull yeah. she's she's coming to his apartment because she needs his help yeah. to find out about her her about her, right. her dead sister yeah. and she's like hey my sister yeah. sent me to you and she's like okay, yeah. i don't want to help you and he's she flashes the badge now nah, you're gonna let me in dummy <laughs> and then the he he has to go into hell and so the cool way of doing that is that he grabs a cat he has a cat and he someone mentions i think he explains to her that cats are half in this world half in the veil uh so that scene is after okay the the um he sends her away or they have some interaction and he sends her away and then he sees all of the demons go by his demon proof apartment 
And he's he, got holy yeah. water, he's got garlic and stuff. There's all that weird stuff. And he goes outside back. and gets attacked by a, a demon, and he makes a comment. Some is this? No, no, this is where he goes with a her. And they're walking down the street, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, you should stick around. Like, what was going on? Because now he's worried about her after he see all, saw all those demons pass by his door. And he's like, oh, I got to go protect her. So now he's going to go save her after he was just being uncooperative. And because he heard that key tro or that key uh, uh, insight from her of like, oh, my sister said your name before she jumped off this bridge. And he was like, kind of not caring. And then he sees now that someone might be get hurt. He walks out there. He goes to to accompany her. And this is where we get the scene of like all the lights shut down in the street. And this is like this this was gonna freak some people out. Like if you're not ready for it, that was a great scene. I loved it. They're like walking outside. So they're outside, so it's like a big scene of a city yeah. at night. Right. Lights up and down the street. Yep. And you then got the street lights. You got shop lights. You got a few cars parked, but no traffic. Yeah. There's not people walking around. There's not cars driving by. It's just them. They're talking, and you hear lights shutting off. Like it's it's just a, a scene where it's just the two of them talking, but you hear in the background lights going, tch, tch, and you hear like stuff flying around in the air, and it keeps getting worse. And as John continued to talk about what is happening, hey, no, you need to be careful. Hey, no, you know, come back inside, or I forget what he says. And the lights keep turning off. He's like, hey, we should go. We need to go. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you see on the side of the street, across from directly from where she's parked, which is obviously deliberate, across the street in a shop is a... A Jesus. A, no, I thought it was a Mary Magdalene. Maybe it was, oh yeah, it was a, a religious biblical figure. It might have been yes. Mary Magdalene, yeah. Uh, some Catholic figure that yeah. the lights couldn't be shut off instantly. Like, there's a lot more power from a demon required in order to turn that light off. Yeah. So he goes over there and he's like, all right, close your eyes. And, you know, all the lights are off. Now all the street lights are gone, the car lights are gone, you just have this fading light on this divine figure in this shop window, and it's black. And then John says, close your eyes. And he, like... We saw him prep before this, and he does something, and it flashes a bright light, a bright light, and all the demons get evaporated, I guess, yeah. because of whatever happens. And uh, she's freaking out. She's like, you know, what's going on? What kind of world am I gotten myself into? And this is that scene where I was talking about where the bus comes by. I don't know if I said this here or before. Yeah. Anyway, so the scene is, like, transitioning, and it's going to end, and... All of a sudden, this bus drives by real loud. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, you know, I was trying jolting. to listen. Yeah, I was trying to listen to what they were saying. You know, you, now you got this like jolting effect, and the scene ends, and it switches back to them being in the apartment. Yeah. That, but that was great. That that scene reminded me of the first time I saw the movie. I was like, oh yeah, now I'm getting back. Now I'm getting those flashbacks of when I first saw the movie, and this was the scene that I remembered, or just that that aspect of the movie of like that jolting. And it's cool because she doesn't know what's going on, so they start walking, he, and she starts questioning him. And that's when he explains what this world is like. And he, he, the way he frames it is, I want you to take a hypothetical. What if this world was not as it seems? There were What if demons were real? What if, and, and then we don't know at that point, but she can actually see all this, but she's been repressing it for years as we've sort of I thought over. she couldn't see it. So by repressing, that means she can no longer see it. So she can't see any of this stuff. But at some point, that unlocks, and she start seeing it all over again I she said it was in her dreams yeah premonitions and yeah, yeah it's not explicit it's not but... just like something that she can see or turn on and off during the day as she's traveling around yeah yeah and that's how she also further knows that she needs to trust him to get him to help yeah and figure out what's going on and so it's almost like a detective um like a mystery so i wanted to get into like what type of movie this is 
it's a drama. I almost describe it as like an action film because at the beginning it almost looks like an action film. You've got an action hero who is going out there killing demons and you don't know he's an action hero this guy's got out a taxi he's smoking a cigarette he's just a regular guy to me you don't, you don't even know it, he's like an action hero until he whips out a gun halfway through the movie and then he's got fucking golden bullets gonna shoot demons with but he's not an action hero when he's doing the first excommunication it's not an action movie in the first intro of the spear uh okay i i thought of it as one and it changed it wasn't a horror film, but it changed to, like, a mystery film at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always thought it was a mysterious. Like, one of my first notes was, like, mysterious characters. And it kind of, like, I wrote, these transition scenes are so loud, or it was so loud with the drive-by and abrupt that if you weren't paying attention, it was going to make you jump back to what what's happening. And that led, that adds a layer to that transition of, like, if you weren't paying attention, pay attention now, because this next scene might be important to leading on to the rest of the scene and what happens after that he's gonna go with her and help. at that point at some point constantine realizes that he's got to deal with this yeah. he's like demons are coming into the world and this is i gotta i gotta and they're coming after her and he's got a reason he's trying to get into heaven yeah. and he it's sort of a hopeless journey because he realizes he can't right. actually get back to heaven no matter what he does um so he yeah and then he makes a decision to go into hell and figure out he looks for uh her name was was it lena or rachel no rachel no it was rachel's the actress's name it was angela but then her was it isabel's name isabel isabel wrong sister for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, there was a cool camera trick in there too like it started at the bottom it started at the bottom of john sitting in a chair Once, Uh, once they're back in the apartment he decides to help her he's sitting in a chair and it kind of like comes up over them and it sees you see his his shoed foot feet in a bucket of water you're like yeah. what's going so, on here no he starts again props he yeah. starts to he says i need this i need that um he he gets a, a bucket of water puts it down he's yeah like that camera goes up and it's a weird scene because there's a guy in a suit you know constantly sitting in a suit with nice and he he grabs a cat and he, somehow he makes a line of dialogue that says cats are half in this world, half in the, another this is world. This Isabel's room, right? Is this her original room? It might have been Before. Constantine's apartment. What do you think it was I Rachel's think, yeah, apartment? Yeah, because he wanted her to leave, right? Because he wanted the vibe of where where she was. Maybe you're right. I I didn't I don't remember. Maybe that they detail. went. I think they went to either her or his sister's apartment in order to, for him to be able to transition over and still know, like, have uh, a compass point of where she was in hell. It's so funny that like. We don't know the basic yeah. stuff. Like people think we're an idiot because we're not. We don't. You guys don't. Do you guys watch the movie? It's like yeah, we watched it last night. We're like looking. Dude, when at I other... eat cake, I take all the frosting off, <laughs> throw that shit away, and I just get straight to that jelly filling. Mm. <laughs> I think that you said everything. <laughs> Best metaphor. That's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I I love that little thing about the cats though because oh, yeah, are... I wrote the cool the quote is be careful with that cat when she closes the door he asks her to leave you she's like be careful with that cat I was like that's quote of the day <laughs> I wrote that down because cats are cats have this like we, I, I'm like a dog person right I'm not a cat I'm person. a cat person really yeah really yeah you're a cat person yeah. I like you a little bit less now oh why I don't know racism. I don't, against cat people. Yeah, but what's wrong with cats? Just because they don't... Dogs are better. Come and call? Sure, I will give you that... 
dogs it's, are generally smarter. Cat pe- cat people think dogs are better. <laughs> I don't think dogs are better. Okay, but they I think are. Dogs have their <laughs> traits, and I just happen to like cats cats more. I like their nonchalant attitude. It goes along right along with my kind of like life of mode mode of operation. Yeah, because you don't give a fuck about what cats other people say. Cats. Corey, come over here. Cats. You're like, nah. <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever I want, and then you come over anyway when there's food. <laughs> Power naps during the day, <laughs> up at night, my attention's caught by birds, Just anything coming in the room, like, oh, whoa, what's that? Where's like, play do- with anything. Dogs, I love, like, the loyalty, and they're just friendly, they're just happy thing. like, uh, I saw a gif of, like, the Joker, uh, the Joker just came out, it's, like, him dancing, and then there's, like, this meme out there with, like, the little Joker dancing, and, like... It's like when you do an, a when you're cheering about an achievement you got online, and it's like then your little dog, your little Joker is like just jumping for no reason, jumping for no reason, just happy that you're happy. <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh, that's what I like about dogs. Shout dude. out to all the meme lords out there, dude. Thank you guys for creating your content because you memes, make dude. life so much better. I've had full text message conversations with people just send a meme, send back, meme send back, and forth, yeah. meme back and forth, gif, 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 and it's like a conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting our point across. Yeah. Well, we're not getting our point across is how good this movie is. Yeah, did you? I, I, it was a surprising thing about cats. I was like, you know, cats really are like that, that almost like a mythical creature a yeah. little bit. Yeah, they or, always have like some weird thing that you can just throw them into some, uh, what is this called, a fantasy movie? So you can throw them into a fantasy movie and just kind of be like, oh, well, the cat has this ability, or cats let you do this, or and, the and, main character's best friend was a cat, or that yeah, kind of and he he picks up the cat. And he like sort of feels bad, but he's like, I hate that I have to, I hate this part. And he stares into the cat's eyes, which is cool because cat's eyes have like a, like rabbit's foot or is lucky. Cat's eyes have um, like a human skull is, is an interesting prop that it goes back to like Hamlet. He's talking to the human, to a human skull. And like, so what does that have to do with cat eyes? Oh, just it, because he's it, looking at the eyes of something living? Yeah. It, well, specifically cat's eyes. So cat's eyes, they, they have the almost like the eye of Sauron looking right, right. slit and staring into a cat's... A note, I want to know what that's called. What? The... Yeah, that, that slit. The, the cat's eyes, what, what, it's, what that thing is called? No, just the way that they don't have a regular human pupil. They have a cat pupil. <clears throat> why, why is there... Or maybe they don't. Maybe that's just... I heard that you can tell the time of day by looking into a cat's eye because their pupils will, uh, how big they are, depends on what type of day it is. Or maybe it was like even at the type of night or what time at night it is. Like, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I read this. I wrote a paper when I was like very young about ninjas. Like ninjas will look at cat's eyes in the middle of the night and they can tell what time of, how many hours have passed based on this is real life i don't know if that's true i oh. just read that and i thought it was awesome oh, <laughs> if that's true that's insane like, I, that, I put it in my paper so much more better than uh, dogs. what do dogs do you look at yeah. their eyes and it's just like food <laughs> pet me <laughs> yeah well, that's way better and so he, he that's how he gets into hell is he has like it was not holy water there's nothing special about the water uh i don't think there was i think the water was just like a catalyst for him to not be touching but you had to be submerged like in water because no. th- that comes up later in the movie you have to be in water to get to hell and that's where the chaos uh, the water is like a portal to another realm and cats get you there too 
and that's why you had to have both of those things. And then he said oh, okay. some shit in Latin. So when Angela's in the tub and he's drowning her, that's just just I thought it was just for her to like get a near death experience. It's it that too, but it's also the vehicle. the The whole theme was a running theme of water. Like that's why she crashes into water to go to hell, and then she gets the sister. Wow. Yeah. yeah, tying that up for me. Thanks, Michael. There you go. I mean, Coleman. Yeah, let me uh, explain the movie to you. Thanks. Water is everything. Wrote it down. Yeah, that pretty much says what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> really glad you got the whole point there. <laughs> um, looks at the cat's eyes to go to hell. Uh, at this point, I realized the hor- the movie was not horror, but it was shocking imagery nonetheless. And like when he's in hell, there's all these demons with like half their heads torn off and there's there's kind of like guts and just creepy stuff and hell is very like the way they shot it was a little bit cheesy with the cgi and this and this time when we see hell is this the first time that we see like the city like because it's based in los angeles um is this the first time that we saw that shot of like los angeles burning i believe so I thought that was a cool scene. So yeah. I don't know why you say it's like cheesy CGI. Because I still, I, like, that was the It wasn't scene cheesy. Made... It was just, it was just like, they just did, they obfuscated, they made it dark, and, like, everything was, like, like kind of uh, like blurry. It wasn't defined in detail. It was a wasteland. It was a wasteland. It's hell. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't think that was ill-defined or... or I liked that it. they made it dark on purpose so that you couldn't see details, like... Hell for me is someplace where you're not going to survive. That's why only demons survive there is because they're going to take you and torture you down under the six feet under even the surface of hell. And of course, the surface of hell is this maelstrom of yeah of all this destruction of the past life of humans and their trash just you know spewing about and it's unlivable you know on top. So I thought that was kind of I thought if it you added had to shot it. that movie with today's much better CGI. I think you would have made that more sharp and defined. I think they would have shot it a little bit differently. It seemed like that was a limitation of the Technology. effects that they could have. Am I onto something there? Sure. You sort of agree. I'll with give me? you that. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But Neth- I, don't, I don't want to like. I don't want to like tear down the reason that they did that. It was because, no, 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 no. Well, uh, that that was a limitation of the technology then. So I'm just gonna. I like the, Which, what they did with what they could at that time. I, I actually want to give them props because they used all the special effects in this movie to, to great yeah. um, effect. effect. Yeah, yeah, it was it was well portrayed the way they... Uh, like, the demons were a little bit CGI. You could tell they were CGI. Um, I mean, you could tell CGI today is CGI, but the point is it's better now. Mm-hmm. They, they, you could just do more stuff. And I still like the imagery. It was like... It was like gross, and mm-hmm. you just it felt bad. Like this is a terrible place, which is exactly what hell should be. Yeah, exactly, and not unwelcome. And that's why the oh, wind yeah. added to me. It's like if it's blowing like that, I don't want to be here for much a- longer than I have to. Another cool thing is he tells her to leave the apartment, and as she's closing the door, in the real, in- he looks into her eyes. Like in real time, what you see is like this door closing, and he then is looking into this cat's eyes, and the. Time slows down. Time slows down to a minuscule. Like, the door is barely moving. And you yeah. know that a person normally closes the door, that last thing takes half a, a second. second. Yeah. But they slow it down to, like, ten seconds of her closing the door and him looking into the eyes and her closing the door and listening at the door and him looking closer into the eyes and the water. Dude, I love me some slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. I love... <laughs> dude, I don't think... I it, it, Give me more slow-mo, dude. <laughs> Have you ever watched the slow-mo guys on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
those videos are yeah that's almost like yeah. hydraulic press yeah, like when they yeah. smack it it's like this is like why am i watching this <laughs> 14 videos later literally because i would not be able to witness it any other way that's that's the beauty of yeah of that type of stuff anyways yes. Um, the water's boiling. He has yeah. his feet in in the in the pool of water. And there's like bowl. a four minute scene of him in hell. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Oh, he's finding. He's his, trying to find her. So that's why I wanted to say that he has to be in her apartment in order to kind of like yeah. guide him, like have some sort of, like a compass for him to get to her. So that's that why I assumed that he was in her apartment, or or um, Rachel's apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's holding the cat. And then yeah, two minutes of him in hell. And still, the door has just closed in real life. It in real time, it looks like a, it feels like a second. Like he tells her to leave, she closes the door, and then as soon as she closes it, he shouts, "Angela, come!" Like, and he she opens it back up, and she finds like she finds him like disheveled. Yeah, and he looks like he's just got back from from the, the desert. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a pool and a sauna. All he's together. he's soaking wet. He's like maybe sweating or something, and he's he's, he's steaming, sm- steaming, steaming. Yeah, because I don't think he's soaking wet. Uh, his the feet it, it, it boiling and the water was everywhere. I remember there just being like water on the floor. Okay, that yeah, maybe sense. it wasn't soaking wet, but he Got was it. steaming and it was almost like he was on fire. Yeah, and he's like hunched over, he's breathing heavily, and yeah, and and he he has uh her her while he's in hell, he finds her and he she gives him her uh, hospital band wristband, wristband. Yeah. yeah that has her name on it. Right, so he brings that back from hell and shows it, and so. Uh, Angela gets the oh the confirmation oh you found you her you know what you're doing I you know this guy's actually gonna might be able to help me and that kind of opens up another mystery of more questions of why is she in hell why is she trying to get him and he does more investigation and that leads us on to the next bit of the movie yep. uh, where he says what the hell is happening in why are demons rising up out of right. hell and what's also interesting uh, going back on it he put a lot of demons into hell. And now he's going to get thrown into prison with all the prisoners. So it's it's almost like yeah, a cop. That's that, said multiple times. It's like, oh, I got to go back there. And it's like, oh, yeah. You put many, many people down there. Like, it's not where you want to go. And he's dreading it. Yeah. Which is always a cool concept. Uh, I actually wrote, what an awesome job depicting hell. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a good depiction of, good. of him being down there. Still holds up quality-wise. Um, I wrote here, pace rams up. The pace ramps up and ends fast. So I don't remember that. Right after that, there was a scene where it was like a lot of music, da 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 and the music just built up, built Quick up. Quick edits. And then boom, it would have that loud ending and transition to the next scene. I don't remember what scene that was. Yes. Um. <clears throat> At some point, he mentions that uh, this is a very nihilistic view of hum- of humanity and our role in it, is that God's a kid with an ant farm. He's not planning anything. And so that's a different view from uh, how people view religion and God now. Is that is that what John says? John says yeah. that, and it, and so to me, that's that in philosophy, there's like Nietzsche who says God is dead, and it's like because we've killed him, we've we have gotten to the point in humanity where we've outthought religion. Like we've realized that we don't need religion, and like people are atheists now, but then people are existentially, what's the purpose of it all? And it's like. Well, God's still out there. He just doesn't care about us. Like, that's a kind of a deep concept. It's agnostic, right? Maybe that's like, agnostic means I don't know what's out there and it can't be known. It's unknowable. Okay. Agnostic. Agnostic means knowledge. There's got to be a word for someone who believes in God, but but believes that he doesn't take any 
um, willful interaction. Deistic. Okay. Right? Isn't that... Uh, deistic, deistic says that God created the world and then left it alone. Okay. And is not actively interfering or doesn't care. Gotcha. So that's a little bit deistic. Yeah, it's 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 a cool insight on like how how distressing would that be that you felt like you were created you you could see all this stuff you have proof and another thing with John is that he was told that like you you can see all the stuff that's happening but you don't have the belief and that's what it takes to get to heaven and so it's this conflicted character of why don't you just believe and give it up but it's because he's he's still holding on to something conceit and. Uh, cockiness confidence and self self um he thinks he's so such a big deal hmm. and yeah um great use of props at one point he goes and like he pulls a chair and he he asks night nighttime like midnight, midnight sorry nighttime. <laughs> he pulls the chair from the opposite side of the room and pulls it all the way over to his desk so he can sit in front of midnight and yeah. the action of him doing it was Keanu's just good, such a good physical actor. Yeah. He just pulls it, kind of hunched over and sort of not angry, but just purposeful. Right. Deliberate. Deliberate. Yeah. That's a perfect word for it. And it, it's a small thing, but he's like, which way is east? And then they point, drags a chair, sets it right in front, and he's got to do something with, gotcha. with that. Oh, that's the. Is that the choking chair? The sh- yeah, the they were shock shocking. Yeah. yeah. At this point, I think it's safe to say that you and me are both gonna like kind of run through the rest of the movie. We're not gonna break it down scene no. by scene, unless even you... though my notes are scene by scene, but that's okay. Do you want to? Do- no, yeah, I mean, that's we... fine. We can. I just have random notes here that doesn't make sense. I wrote flip phone. Yeah. Two thousand five flip yeah. phone. We saw flip- that. That was pre iPhone. That's. Yeah. It's like a different world. It's oh, like. Yeah. It's like now it's still... you'll have like, like house of cards. The text messages should show up on the screen. It doesn't need a phone at all. You just as soon as those messages show up, you know what exactly what's happening. Or they'll show an actual screenshot now of like an iPhone and be like, oh, they're opening this app and typing this out. Da da da. Everyone recognized the dip blip blip blips of an iPhone clicker keyboard and the send signal and all that stuff. John repeatedly opens up this flip phone to be like, burp, 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 and it's just like a readout. Yeah. It's it's cool because like the late '90s till like 2010, I want to say, 2010 almost everybody had an iPhone. Then there's like this period of time where things look modern, but there's no smartphones. That's a magical time that we're never gonna go back to. Yep. From here on out, it's devices in our pockets or in our glasses or ears or everything. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. we're never gonna have the time where it's like I don't know where someone else is. Right. Let me call them on the cell phone and or in the house phone if they're not, no, it's yeah. that's gone. Yeah. We're we got Literally GPS instantaneously. Location. Yeah, and you can't make movies about people being lost anymore, dude. Nope. Yeah, where's your phone? You have Google Maps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I noted here that John lost or was losing it. He almost like it seemed like his character was losing it, and he was pushing Angela, like pushing her up against the wall in order to like trigger something. And I didn't really like. I wasn't for some reason I wasn't grasping like if he had a strategy and whether he was trying to. Are you talking about when he grabs her by the arm and sort of leads her? Yeah, around? he was like goading her into like kind of losing it herself so that he could get information out. And He's it losing ends up being successful. Grip. Yeah, yeah, and he was. She ends up like saying something or like going into a mode of like a passive that like oh let me confess something to you or he has that extra detail that I wasn't giving you before that. It's at that point that she explains that she could used to see it right is that am i on the right track mm-hmm. with you all right 
yeah that's the scene and right before that you know they're just normal and all of a sudden he's like he loses it he just like gets angry and now he's pushing her around he's yelling at her blah 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 and she's like not responsive she doesn't want to cooperate and he gets a point and she's all right i don't know if it was the trauma i don't know if it was just like him that he knew that doing those certain actions was going to get something out of her but obviously it worked and you know she confessed well that's kind of the dr- dramatic tension right mm-hmm. sort of rising up where our characters are faced with things like the, co- the they don't think they can accomplish the, the goals that they're trying to to accomplish it seems too big for them and even our main character feels that way as confident as he is as good as he is at his job he can't do this part yeah. and that's that's dr- that's drama that's really good drama um i wrote <laughs> i wrote beeman killed by Beeman's another side character. He's uh, one he's of like John's. the tech guy. He's, yeah, like, he's one of almost John's like Q for James Bond. Yeah, yeah. He he went to look for the demon Bible, which is interesting. Like, yeah. what an interesting concept to like. Oh, sure. The rest of us have a Bible, but the demons have their own Bible with their own prophecies and their own interpretations of you know. He looks up like Corinthians twenty nine, yeah, and I don't yeah. think there's a real Corinthians. Like Corinthians ends at like twenty three or it's something like, like that. Corinthians seventeen thirty two, and everyone's like, there isn't. Corinthians doesn't go. Corinthians. Chapter 17 doesn't go to 32, it just goes to, like, 25 or something like that. You think that, but there is. There's all this extra Bible that... Yeah, there's the devil, there's the version of the Bible in hell. And in hell, they have, like, extra things. What an interesting concept, right? So Beeman has to go find this Bible. That's his name and character. I don't remember his... I don't know the actor's name, yeah. I don't think he's very famous. He's not very famous, no. Sub-character, anyway. So he dies, and I was like, killed by question mark. And then I have an edit. It's like Balthazar. Who else, dummy? It's like <laughs> you're talking. It's like the, the only villain that we've seen so far. Like hello, you could have just drawn that, but I edited it later. Cause and and just to be clear, Balthazar works for uh, Satan's son, right? He doesn't work for Satan. Do we see Balthazar die? Yeah, John, uh, John Wick, uh, John Constantine kills him. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. Or no, he kills him and then. Some character... Actually, this gets a little confusing. So, he he walks in to Balthazar where he lives on the desk. Remember, he puts the holy water on him? Yeah. And then he kind of dies. Oh, yeah. He beats the crap out of him. And yeah. And then he lays on the table. And then who A comes character in? walks in. And I think that might have been Satan's son. The guy with the... Uh, we figure out the main protagonist of this film is not Satan. It is Satan's son, which right. is like a Jesus Christ character. Right. But for like... For the devil. For the devil. Yeah. And that, I think it's that person acting within the person with the spear. The Antichrist? Yeah, it's kind of like the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. They didn't say that. But right, right. You know. Right. And uh, its name is Mamet. Mamet? Mammon. Mammon. Yeah. Mammon. And a character we don't know off screen, like, goes in and, and could revive. Maybe it was Satan. Because who has the ability to revive Balthazar? See, I think Balthazar was working for... Gabriel. It was Gabriel they would have shown Gabriel. Mm-mm. Because at that point, we didn't know that Gabriel we was don't a know, bad, We was don't bad know guy. who kills Beeman at that point. Because Beeman is discovered dead, but we don't see any... Well, all we hear is like loud noises behind him. We see the lights flickering, and all of a sudden... We but Balthazar him. asks him, hey, can you like revive me? And bring then me that, back. Yeah, bring oh, me back. Yeah. And then that person like doesn't. <clears throat> So I think this might my, my movie hypothesis. I think it was Mammon who comes in. We don't know what's Mammon, and Balthazar says, "I've done what you've asked. I've brought the girl here. I brought John Constantine here, and John Constantine brought Angela around." 
And You're right. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be Mammon because we see him decay, like the cows decayed in the pasture, and that's yeah. exactly how that happened too. Yeah, and so Balthazar kind of dies. Yeah, so we definitely know the Balthazar working for the Antichrist. So that's just how that works. Yeah. Who's a rat in a dress now, bitch? <laughs> that's what Chaz says to uh, to, to the, the bouncer. The bouncer. He walks by. Him. Yeah. Then it gets clocked by Satan's son. Do we ever get a name for? Uh, the demon that takes over Angela eventually. Uh, if oh, we Mammon. Did. Mammon. Duh. Was it Mammon? Mammon. And I never remembered his name, so I just kept saying, Satan's son smacks the shit out of John. <laughs> um, I guess getting towards the end, basically, yeah, Mammon... The, the, the final scene, right? Yeah, let's yeah. just head our way to the final scene. Sure. Um... She goes underwater for a while. She goes underwater, right? He Oh, he uh, gets her power back. They go to the place where Isabel killed herself. No, I thought they did it. Remember, they did that in the bathtub thing. And then they go there. Yeah. Because they had to unlock her like ability to be able to see or something. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so they end up going to hell. Right. And he kind of almost kills her. And um, they somehow end up, like, the final scene... I guess um, before that, John gets a bunch of like weapons and guns and stuff, and oh, like yeah. goes on a little rampage, and there's some nice demon killing. Yeah, and <laughs> some like golden that. bullets with a machine gun, holy water, machine and... gun, shotgun type thing. <laughs> yeah, holy water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the typical vampire hunter uh, type. Yeah, yeah, or but demon killer type. Demon killing, Van Helsing. What did you call it? Like M, like, or like M for uh, for for 007. He just gets like equipped. Oh, like James Q. Bond. Yeah, like Q. Q. Sorry, sorry. Q. Q is the tech guy yeah, from M's yeah. the boss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then at the very end, it looks like Mammoth has won, and um, yeah, because he, he gets there and he like pulls Gabriel out of the water, and then and Mammoth it turns out all this all this time Gabriel's a bad guy yeah, working yeah. with Mammoth. I put a note here. I was like, "Is so when she puts her foot and she knocks him down or like is holding him down after she like suddenly appears?" I was like, "There's no way that's like a real actor's foot in Keanu's like face right here." I was yeah. Like, There's no way he lets a foot get that close to him while he's shooting. It's like a prop. Like, it must be a prop. It must be like a like a mannequin yeah. foot that they just put there and put some makeup on to make it look real. That's interesting. <laughs> that's a very specific scene. Well, because it, it didn't look like a real foot. Like the toes weren't moving just, anything. You just yeah. go back and look, and it just kind of looks like a. Oh, okay. Uh, a very still foot. Uh, yeah, that's a good catch. Yeah. I was like, there's no way Keanu lets that. They put on fake feet, like in The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or um, Lord of the Rings. They did that. Um, but then what well, the coolest part was, and this is kind of the spoiler for the very end, is that he uh, has to think quickly, like he's been defeated, like how to stop time in order to st- and save Rachel. Right. So what he does is he actually cuts his own wrists and commits suicide. Yeah. And, and this is all while Gabriel's like, took him out thought she'd knocked him out and was ready to go back to what she was going to do and apparently she wants to kill yeah and she smashed a window and he, yeah. so he picks up the shards and so he kills himself and because and so she has to so in order for him to like get back into our planet or to the purgatory as he called it okay, or just yeah. like the normal human realm she has to like give him permission right like that's what the rules were explained in some of the premise so she has to like kill him 
or kill the human form body of Mammon for Mammon to be able to unlock his full power. So she's that's what she's like going to do. She leaves. And Mammon is the guy with the spear yeah, who yeah. showed up, right? Okay, who's now yeah. possessed Angela? Yeah. And then when he kills himself, time stops, and actually, Lucifer comes to like drops down off of. And this is like in slow mo again. He drops down from the sky and has a chair, and he kind of sits in the chair. He's dressed in all white, and kind of a middle-aged guy. Uh, did you notice his feet? It what was about like them? he was leaving. Um, his his feet weren't were I guess dirty, but he wasn't stepping anything. But he was leaving behind a tread wherever he walked, and I'm pretty sure it was blood. Yeah. yeah. So that was an interesting thing that I saw. I was like, wherever he would walk, he would leave behind footprints, like like, like he had stepped in paint or something. Yeah. But it has to be blood, right? Or maybe it, that's just for him to be able to step on our plane, you know? Like maybe in order to be here, yeah. that's the tax of the cost. Is like your foot burns to the floor or something. Or his foot, I should yeah. say. And it's funny because uh, John Constantine's already met him, so he calls him Lou. Right? Didn't he yeah, call yeah, him he Lucifer? calls him Lou. Yeah. It's like, hey, Lou. Hey, Lou. And um, he tries to work a deal out where he could give his life up uh, for yeah, he asked for a cigarette, too, right? This yeah. Is the, remember the comment you made? Yeah. Because he, like... Lucifer was, like, joking around with right. him. Like, like messing around with while he was he about to light He put the cigarette it. in his mouth, yeah. and then he, like, lit the lighter, and John would, like, reach in with his his, his cigarette to get it, try to get a light where Lucifer was holding the flame, and Lucifer would move it. He'd move it over there. And then John kind of like sits back and looks at him like, he's like. <laughs> I, I love that depiction. Yeah, yeah. It was a quick little, um, just, that's how the devil would be. Right. Like, kind of like right. this elegant guy that sort of right. messes with you a little bit and kind of a good talker. And yeah. It kind of um, shines a little bit like on like their history, like that they're comfortable with, not comfortable, but familiar enough with each other. That it's like a, a old Western song, like I met the devil and he was my friend or yeah, something. Like, it just right, reminds me that's right. a that's a trope. Or maybe like a little bit of respect on yeah. Lucifer's part for John. And he's like, you know, I'm going to get your soul. So I'll like this. I'll do anything you want right now almost because I know I'm going to get your soul. And that's the thing that you're the only one that I would come up here for to personally yeah. collect. Yeah. And Lucifer has no idea what his son is doing. Right. That was kind of a... a funny thing too yeah john has to be like go look behind you yeah and he looks behind and it's time is stopped and angel's almost dead yeah and so they're trying to have this conversation slow mo scene of of gabriel trying to kill her with the with the spear yep no it's a perfect depiction of satan uh i wrote a question here says what does it mean to be noble because at one point john says i don't remember what he said but the word noble came up like he he said it like that the demons weren't or the angels weren't being noble or gabriel wasn't being noble or maybe it was what gabriel said to him what what do you think uh what does noble mean to you how would you define it or would you just use webster's dictionary and define it as everyone no else does? no i think i think what constantine eventually did is noble where he kind of realized that the world doesn't matter because he's already damned to hell so you can act however way you want it because it nothing matters but if you actually give your life up to someone else who cares about something, that's kind of a noble action. It's sort of a, it's sort of a Christ-like thing to do, like die for someone else. And he had that character arc, and that was kind of his turn at the very end of becoming a chain smoker. Yeah. You know, just all about himself, and it, nothing matters. To I'm trying to save another person and make her happy. 
And it, I like that you use the word Christ-like because yeah. it was almost like a metaphor of Constantine. I'm gonna die for this woman, save this woman, and Saint's like, all right, well, I get your soul. I can do this little thing for you. And it's and I thought it was interesting that Satan didn't or Lucifer. I should stop calling him that. Lucifer didn't uh, catch John's little like trick on him. Like, yeah, you can have me, but I want you to. Well, he kind of did catch him, right? That's what I mean. He, so, so I'm surprised that, he didn't, to... that, that Lucifer didn't like catch on. Like, oh, if he's gonna, you know, you don't make that connection until it's already passed. And oh, he sacrificed for himself for her. That's gonna. That's gonna. Uh, unbalance the scales that Lucifer was operating under. I don't know. I always thought Lucifer would be. How More crafty. Times, yeah. How many times has he had like had this interaction before with someone who they're like, "Don't take me until blah blah blah." He's not gonna fulfill that wish, but because he had maybe the respect or or just pure blind to the desire that he didn't catch on that that little that little catch that was gonna mess up his plans i guess uh eventually lucifer does drag him away like tries to do you want to describe that part and what you liked about no, it go ahead oh i i just liked it because it was a an, uh um especially back then when i think i first watched the movie it was a unique way to indicate that the devil's taking you to his right. to hell. Right. It was like started off, you know, it's a 10 second clip and he starts off, he's dragging him just fine. And then as the weight of John's um, request kind of like sinks in, it literally sinks him in and he like gets heavier and heavier as something that would, you know, weigh a ton being dragged across a tile, a tile floor or a building, it's going to slowly dig into the thing. And that's what happened to John. You know, as Lucifer's pulling him, he kind of gets heavy. And there's, and there's a light from the other side, and it's supposed to be God yeah. that's like... Um, Shining his light of grace or yeah, something. Yeah, but they keep it very mysterious right. and very... Uh, they don't show anything more than that, yeah. which is exactly yeah. the right they don't, way to they, do it. They, they kind of like hint in yes. the direction, but they don't... Whereas they showed Lucifer, which was a shocking moment, but the way they did it was perfect. If they had... They, I'm glad they didn't do the other side and I guess they did didn't they or was that at the end where we see like a shot a glimpse of like heaven in the clouds yeah but even then it was yeah not it wasn't like him walking up the no pearly gates or anything yeah or like a big guy with a beard yeah like (laughs) taking Peter's hand through the gate yeah it wasn't anything that would have been on the nose too much no the way they did this was was good and um yeah so he drags him away and it's kind of like because he had performed a a final action he uh, a final action of self-sacrifice yes you know which i guess bought him into heaven well not really because lucifer then said well if you can't if i can't have him you can't either and he goes into his uh lungs and kind of takes out the cancer this black mass of cancer and says you're gonna live and so he damns him back to earth if he can't have him right now yeah giving him more chances to uh fuck up and and not go to heaven which is like (laughs) All right, yeah, that's yeah. that's fair who, fair trade. Who needs Daredevil or uh, Deadpool's like invincibility to just keep living on? Where you just have these forces of good and evil fighting over you. Hey, I'm gonna heal you. I'll, I'll take away your cancer. Like, all right, perfect. I can keep on chain smoking away. Except, well, he actually can't smoke anymore. That was my impression afterwards. Is that he? Because we didn't see him smoke after that. I don't think he could. Like physically, couldn't? I don't think he could. Yeah. Or just like a, a kind of a. A, uh, what is it called? A side effect of what yeah. Lucifer had done? Yeah, sort of similar where the guy can't drink. Right. So he can't smoke. And so he, right. the very final scene, he has, like, throwing gum in. 
Maybe he, he just decided to quit because he wanted to. Maybe yeah, it's a new, it's a new yeah, chance, yeah, a new him, redemption maybe, arc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> John. I almost said John Wick too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Keanu. Too many star rules. Um, and I just wrote: movies need quick, sharp, eventful turns to make a good story. And okay, that's Keep there was a guessing. lot of those. Yeah, don't don't let the viewer kind of like, oh yeah, I know what's gonna happen. Here's the usual trope of things that happens. Yeah. Um, I wrote this movie needs to be played as loud as you can as you can take it. Yeah, because you know a lot of the time, if like we said, we use subtitles. If we hadn't used subtitles, I would have missed a couple of like the quieter, Whispers, yeah. yeah, the conversations that maybe Beeman was having or Angela and John or you know, especially when they were kind of being intimate and he kissed her on the cheek or whatever. Like if we didn't have the subtitles, I mean we had a, a decently loud, but it wasn't like a, a theater type loud experience where real quiet and the real quiet conversations are normal volume and then you get you know the big huge speaker sounds for the fights and demons screams and all that there was a layers of stop time within stop time sort of thing going on that was inception like where yeah. multiple layers of are, are stopping right yeah yeah so you can individual so that way i mean that gives you the creativity or the ability to kind of go into each seen microscopically and depict what's happening over here versus what's happening over here and instead of flashing back and doing a real-time scene yeah you just kind of like build it right in eight slow it right down to you know milliseconds but yeah i thought that was a cool power that lucifer had it was cool that the the last uh line that gabriel says as i guess she dies or she's come she's um What's the word? She's confined, I guess. She loses her wings, right? Like because she betrayed and all that stuff, she loses her wings, and now she's kind of human. So she was a hybrid, and now she's like done. Yeah. And he says something, and he's and she's like, "Look how well you're doing." Like he uh, turned a new leaf, and she was making fun of him. He's on nicotine gum now. That was my last note. He's yeah. On nicotine gum now. Yeah. And so it was a it was a great movie. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it in a while, this encourages you to go back and watch it. Or um, Hopefully, you heard the spoilers. Yes. The spoiler yeah. before we started. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is definitely meant for people that... Um, and if you're never going to watch it and you just find this kind of stuff interesting, then we're going to do more stuff like this. Yep. Yep. We got a whole lineup. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Just have to wait and find out next weekend, hopefully. Overall, you give the movie uh, what out of 10? What did I say earlier? 8 out of 10? I'll, I'll stick with that. Eight stick with the air time. Yeah, I would give it a five out of five. Okay, so it was just awesome all around. Yep. Any final thoughts or words on on the movie? Um, come to the dark side. We have cookies. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's good enough. <laughs> it's not a hint for anyone. Unless it wasn't a hint. Or that's a Star Wars reference. I'm pretty sure, or you know, a joke that they make. But you know, it's good to be evil sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got any final notes? No. No. Just no. cut it off right there, huh? Yeah. And that's a wrap, folks. <laughs>